Okay, it's 2 o'clock in the Mile High City. That means one thing, TME, the Modern Eater Show, on the air everywhere. From Studio Kitchen, Colorado, it's a big show today. I encourage you to share this stream. Let me tell you what's coming up on today's show today. Kelly Whitaker, we're standing by from Kelly for Kelly. Uh, Chef is going to join us from Basta, uh, Basta and the Wolf's Taylor, Kelly's Restaurants. Biker Jim Pittenger is going to join us today as well. Uh, Biker Jim's Gourmet Hot Dogs. Bob Pease from the Brewers Association will join us. Chef Caroline Glover from Annette Scratch Table. Jesusia Silva, Broadway Market, and uh, Tora Ramen and Tacos El Chile. And then Dragon Redbeard. Uh, he's going to be our inspiration for today, Jay. But uh, it's just been a big couple of days as we're, uh, as they call it, it's nut cutting time at the ranch. And today, that's the day we move into level four. Our governor three days ago laid down what the outlines are, and um, it's happening. Today's the day level red sinks into Denver and most of the front range. But uh, what does that mean? Restaurants may remain open for takeout delivery and outdoor dining. Uh, You know that parties outside should be limited to a single household, right? Uh, Also, last call, 8 p.m., previously 10 p.m., Alcohol to go until 10 p.m., delivery until 2 a.m. for food. This will last 30 days um, with a a possibility of an extension. Uh, The CRA reports that 79% of restaurants will consider permanently closing within six months if indoor dining becomes prohibited. And a quarter of those restaurants will consider closing in a month. Uh, that's where we're at right now. I see Chef Kelly Whitaker is joining us here momentarily, but there's a little bit I want you to um, to unpack with me here today. We're at a point in time, uh, we're the collective, the industry, restaurant industry, food service, the whole chain. Um, the consensus is, is that we don't have a collective voice and and messaging that's consistent. And there's one thing that we here at the, the Modern Eater Show, uh, we consider ourselves a pneumatic tube. I mean, basically just disseminating information. That's the best thing that we can do. But there's some realizations. I'm putting a lot of thought into this, um, a lot of thought into the needs. What's really going to move the needle? You know, I mean, it's one thing we can just do a bitch fest and we can all just commiserate and, um, you know, that can happen all day long. It's gotten very political. Um, the political divisions, the overreach of government. Uh, everybody has an opinion about that, but wh- what, if, what is it really doing for us and the community? Uh, is it helping uh, that restaurant owner that's considering closing their doors and don't know really where to turn? I, I don't think it is. So we need to really look at our own plans and create that own, own plan. So that's what we're here to try and accomplish. We have a great lineup of guests for you. The moderneater.com with all of our past interviews. I'd encourage you to check that out. Uh, but the most important thing that you can do today is to share this information. And if you have a voice, if you want to use this pneumatic tube, we welcome you because I know there's one thing that's uh, people are reaching out to me on a very private basis with very valid concerns and thoughts. Some of them scathing, some of them just fear and anxiety. Um, but what I'm seeing is, is, is that that fear and anxiety is so overwhelming that it's becoming paralyzing. It's paralyzing people to really do the work that needs to be done. And I say it all the time, turmoil stifles creativity. Creativity is what we need right now. That's going to be 
uh, paramount to our survival. So with the lineup of guests that I have on the show today, I want to talk about that with them. What is that collective voice that we need? What is that messaging? What is that consistency? There is none. It seems arbitrary of picking and choosing of mandates that come down from uh, politicians and bureaucrats that are telling you exactly what needs to be done. It's up to us. It's up to us what needs to be done. Now, I know for the most part, as a whole, this is a very responsible industry that cares a lot about people. That's always given that sense of servitude to just give back. Continually, we see time and time again the efforts of restaurant owners that when they're on the brink of losing everything, what is their first inclination? Their first inclination is to help somebody else. Well, it's time, my friends, it's time that we help each other. It's time that we figure out what is that message. What do we need? Uh, PPP, right? We've all heard about PPP. We need our own PPP, and that's the People Protection Program. That's us, okay? The chefs, the restaurant owners, the front of the house, the back of the house, uniting with that one front, that one message, but with one underlying message kept in mind. And that message is we need to take care of our own. We need to make sure that on the other side of coronavirus, and, and I guarantee you there is another side to it, but where will we be standing? Where will we be? That's the question that we need to ask each other. How are we going to come out on the other side of this? There's a lot of anger right now, and rightfully so. There's a lot of fear, and rightfully so. But with that PPP, that that, that people protection program that I want to put into place, using this, the modern eater, as that pneumatic tube. We need to control what we can control, just like anything else in your life. What can we control? Can we, can we control the bureaucrats, the politicians, who we've worked so hard to support that at the end of the day, when their telephone rings, they don't pick up the phone. It's us. We determine this. Can't work in many different directions. That's what I'm seeing. So with that being said, the consensus or an overall agreement with restaurant owners, kind of like a treaty, right? Truly, when we say we're all in this together, are we all in this together? We, we might be, but is the messaging consistent? What's best for the industry determined by the industry? Okay, determined by the industry. What's best for the industry determined by the industry? This will allow unified messaging. It will strengthen numbers. We know that, okay? This show today and moving forward, that's our goal. That's our mission. Allow operators to concentrate on doing a couple of things well, just a couple of things well, right? If you take one or two lights and you focus them on one spot, you can cut diamonds. If your light is moving in all different directions, it's just a light show. It's confusing. We need to cut diamonds right now, folks. Concentrate on a couple of things rather than a million things. 
Turmoil stifles creativity. Need to even the playing field, okay? Let's determine that ourselves. So do we keep dining rooms open? Do we close them down? What's best for the industry? Now we have a poll today, right? We have a poll on the uh, Facebook feed and I want you to check that out and I want you to answer it. And I want you to think about this. Maybe not answer it right away, but think about it. Do you feel like the restaurant industry has a united voice? Answer it honestly. Do you feel like there's a united voice? Now, I want to share something with you. And this gentleman, I, I, I really consider to be an industry leader. Has nothing to do with fear. He wants to speak up. And I know a lot of you guys do too. I want to play you a clip in Kelly Whitaker. Uh, do we have Kelly? Uh, I think you're working on audio issues Yeah, right we now. got a little bit. Yeah, so. that's why we ch yeah. checked the connection. Well, he wasn't there, so how could I? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Chef Josh Nuremberg. Ben 707 Food Bar, Taco Party Grand Junction, Dinner Party Grand Junction, Ben Burger. I want to play you a clip. He sent this to me. We had a long conversation this morning. I've had a lot of long conversations late night, early mornings with a lot of you. And again, reach out to me. If you want to do something like Josh did, or if you just want to speak to me privately, again, I want to be that pneumatic too. Thanks for joining us here today. Uh, share this stream. Here's what Josh had to say, and I think it's very important for you to listen to. Hey everybody, it's Josh Nierberg from Ben 707 Food Bar, Ben Burger, and Taco Party here in Grand Junction. Uh, at this point uh, in the year in COVID, in our response, our pivots, everything else we've done, I've finally just come to the realization that whatever happens with our business, I am no longer in control of whether or not we stay in business. The only thing that I'm in control of at this point is the safety of my staff, our friends, family, and our community. Because of that, I believe that shutting down dining rooms is probably the best thing that we could collectively do to keep our staff safe. We have major labor issues. We have major problems within the restaurant industry. COVID has exemplified those. Our ability to take care of our own is greatly diminished by inviting our guests, healthy or not, into our dining rooms, allowing them to take off their masks and conduct their business. This is not the position that I want to be in, but I believe that I'm able to continue operating with outside dining, our greenhouses, parklets, heated rooms, heated patios, takeout and delivery in a safer fashion than I am with my dining room open to the public. Here in Mesa County, we have a 50% occupancy variance, which allows us to continue operating our dining rooms open. And our dining room is open for business. And it's the part of our operation that keeps me up at night, makes me lose sleep over being able to control our future. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm, thanks for thanks for sharing, Chef. And that's really what we want to do. I want to enter the show right now, and it's uh, Chef Kelly Whitaker. Kelly, can you hear me? He can't. He cannot hear. No, he can't hear. We can't hear him, and I, I, I can't figure it out. He did phone. Now he's on computer, and it's not working. Um, 
and it's not our end. Okay, here's what we need to do. We're going to break. We're going to come back. We're going to regroup. That, so that's Josh Nuremberg. And um, Chef has done a fantastic job laying out the case. People first. Okay? Now, let's think about it. Restaurant industry just being decimated right now. Uh, the first go around, eight months probably to, close to the day, March 17th was the initial shutdown. It is November 20th same situation. The difference is we've asked these people to come back to work. We've asked these people to wait on you without a mask. You're not protecting them. These people are heroes. These people want to feed you. We need to protect them. We need to make sure that there is a restaurant industry for them to come back to. It's an interesting time that we're living in right now, but one thing that I know for certain, we all need to have that collective message. So Josh, Josh said, you know what? The thing that keeps me up at night is my dining room. My dining room does not have a guarantee. My dining room doesn't mean that before dinner service, when we're getting it all polished up and ready to go and we, we have it all set for you, that you're even going to show up because the message, messaging right now is that it's unsafe to dine in, Okay. That messaging has been spread far and wide from the media. That messaging is something that is going to be very difficult to control and to overcome. So that leaves us with what do we do to make the playing field even? Now, Chef Nuremberg in Grand Junction, they applied for a variance. Their variance was approved, 50% capacity that they could still operate in. He doesn't want to utilize that. Okay? We're going to talk more about that. Consider sticking around. Consider sharing this stream. Sorry for the technical stuff. I'm trying to get in that groove. We will get this ironed out, and we will continue the Modern Eater Show from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Hey. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumpling, 4 by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the Modern Eater. You're watching them. You're tasting them. You're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey four pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color, uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming, uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey 4-pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pencos, or at Colfax in York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery today. Welcome to Tommy Knocker Brewery here in beautiful Idaho Springs. Uh, we brew normally twice a day. Currently brew about 18 different beers. And right here is our brew kettle, steam-fired brew kettle, and uh, we generate our steam with natural gas. 
we get our natural gas from Encore Energy and Brian Rizzuto. I really like working with Brian because he explains how the system works of getting your natural gas. It's not a mystery. I actually understand our energy bill. Watching the Modern Eater, and now back to the show. Hey everybody, it's Josh Nierberg from Ben 7 Food Bar, Ben Burger, and Taco Party here in Grand Junction. Uh, at this point uh, in the year in COVID, in our response, our pivots, everything else we've done, I've finally just come to the realization that whatever happens with our business, I am no longer in control of whether or not we stay in business. The only thing that I'm in control of at this point is the safety of my staff, our friends, family, and our community. Because of that, I believe that shutting down dining rooms is probably the best thing that we could collectively do to keep our staff safe. We have major labor issues. We have major problems within the restaurant industry. COVID has exemplified those. Our ability to take care of our own is greatly diminished by inviting our guests, healthy or not, into our dining rooms, allowing them to take off their masks and conduct their business. This is not the position that I want to be in, but I believe that I'm able to continue operating with outside dining, our greenhouses, parklets, heated rooms, heated patios, takeout and delivery in a safer fashion than I am with my dining room open to the public. Here in Mesa County, we have a 50% occupancy variance, which allows us to continue operating our dining rooms open. And our dining room is open for business. And it's the part of our operation that keeps me up at night, makes me lose sleep over being able to control our future. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm. Okay, welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. It is a free uh, Friday. It's the 20th of November, and it's a freaky Friday. It's it's living up to everything that it is. A world that we don't even recognize. Let's do it right away. I'm done talking. We're going to turn to the real talent. There he is, Chef Kelly Whitaker. How are you? Welcome back to the show. Doing well. I'm doing well. Good to see nice you. to be here. Yeah, no doubt. Did you hear Chef uh, Josh Nuremberg? Uh, there it is in Grand Junction. Sent over yeah. that clip to me. I think you got the audio. You probably couldn't see Chef, but um, initial reactions to that. Uh, it's heartbreaking, you know. Um, everyone has their uh, their different world that they're in right now. Everybody's going through their own thing, and um, I like to hear it because it it you know it lets me know that that, that there's others like Josh who's just amazing chef, um, you know in this in similar situations you know i said probably a long time ago on the show that it's it's really knowing that everybody's sort of in this together right now like everybody's situation is the same it's hard to say like oh man that sucks for him i mean we're in a similar uh similar situation right now so 
you know, but it's heartbreaking. I agree. I want to run a couple of things past you and ask you a couple of questions. One of the things that I'm seeing right now, and, and we say we're all in this together, right? And I, I truly believe that we are. But I also think that there's a little bit, um, politics have bled into this severely to the point of where people are afraid to express themselves and their opinions. Uh, one thing that is across the board from restaurant owners that I've talked to, and, it's, and I love it, they're people first. The people that have supported you, the people that come to work, the people that believe in your product, the people that believe in your brand, yes. the people that believe in the industry, those are who we need to protect right now. And those are the people that you are protecting. But is there a consistent message? Is there a unified voice? Is there, where, where are we with that? Why do I, why did I lose him? I apologize. Yeah, stand by here, chef. I can't hear you for some reason. Um, apologize for that. Doing our best. Hey, you guys, you got to understand this is a two-man operation over here, and we're doing our absolute best to get you this programming. Um, chef is muted right now, and we're working in the constraints of technology i'm sure jay's over there just wanted to i you know um jim can you can you hear me anything if you say something am i going to hear you jim um i don't know why it's working and then not working i mean i have not changed anything okay <sighs> um Coming up on the show today, as we try and get our audio back, Jim Pittenger standing by as well, Biker Jim's Gourmet Hot Dogs. He's had to make a tough decision himself. We'll hear from Jim. Bob Pease from the Brewers Association. Um, that's an interesting thing. The Brewers Association is, uh, there is a collective voice. There is large lobbying. There, uh, there is a, a consensus across the board. They have uh, directed concerted efforts and, and, a, and a big voice in Washington as well. Um, want to talk to Bob Pease about that from the Brewers Association. Caroline Glover coming up as well, and Chef Jesusia Silva from Broadway Market. It's a it's an interesting time that we're living in here, and uh, just trying to come to uh, an overall. What do we need? What do we need right now? Um, I've sat and I've and I've thought about it endlessly. I've thought about it endlessly as I weed through message and email and and dm and and private conversations phone calls the frustration and it's across the board there's one thing that's for sure is just the the complete i don't know the hopelessness that i don't know what to do kind of like jay feels right now mm, I'm trying, it's man, hopelessness I'm trying. and he doesn't know what to do uh we've got chef back i don't know if you can hear us chef can you you've, you've helped with us. Can you hear us, Chef? No. Oh, jeez, man. I, I... Look, let's do this. I know. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come right back. This is, this is what it is. Um, this is what it is. It's a freaky Friday, that's for sure. It's proving to be. Uh, we were, that was a cliffhanger. Chef Kelly Whitaker was about to respond to my question of, do we have that collective voice? I'd say go check out our poll. Do you feel like the restaurant industry has a united voice? I don't know. Um, we're going to find out more and more as we dig in deep and find out really wh where is that ground? You know, water finds its own level. Where is the level right now? 
what do restaurant owners want and what do they need? For the longest time, they just put their needs aside. What do you want to do, Jay? Uh, let's take a commercial, and then it seemed to work when Kelly was the only one in the room, and so that's what I'm going to do is just keep everybody out and do yeah, it. Yeah, let's and, do that. And, that's and, a great idea. We'll break. We'll come right works. back. The Modern Eater Show continues. <laughs> I love the laugh. <laughs> like right now? Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Kyle Mindenhall. I'm talking with uh, my good friends from the Modern Eater Show. Keep supporting them. There's a lot of good stuff happening. We started Meridium Spirits because we love the way that spirits and cocktails can bring people together to socialize, to bond, to have conversations. Well, right now we've got some big conversations to have. Coop Vodka and Coop Gin are available at liquor stores across the metro area. But if you can't find us or would like to have us behind your bar or at your restaurant, send us an email, info at meridiumspirits.com. We know things are a little different these days, but think of us the next time you're planning a virtual happy hour or a socially distant picnic. And keep an eye on our social media, Coop by Meridium, for all the latest and greatest. Hey guys, it's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime. I just want to thank everybody for showing so much support to small local restaurants in this really hard time. And you're watching the Modern Eater Show. <laughs> I'm fine with that. All right, welcome back to the show. Appreciate your patience. Uh, again, just doing our best to get this programming to you here today. Okay, Chef Kelly Whitaker. Uh, sir, I left you uh, with the question. Do you feel that yeah, we... You had a... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well... Anyway, I'll jump in, man. I love the, I love your question. You know, it's about sort of, you know, again, unified voice and a unified front right now. Um, but you know, it's, it's nice to see like kick and looper and, uh, polis and others like starting to get involved. And, you know, I, I'm encouraged by the fact that they're saying support these local businesses in whatever mode possible, but it's just not without some sort of protection in place it's just not enough like it's got to be on larger scale it's got to be you know and it's got to be sooner than later um because right now you know i think everybody's up against a, another you know hard, uh, harder harder this time around than the first time around mm -hmm. uh so to speak yeah okay so he here's where i'm seeing a division at people americans us free people really don't like to be told what to do especially if it doesn't go through kind of a legislative process or, or a vote. 
um, the, the mandates are difficult, especially when it seems arbitrary. You know, you're on one end, it's like we encourage in-person learning for young kids. And on the other hand, we want to shut down restaurants. And then on the other hand, you can get on a plane with 200 of your closest friends, nuts to butts, and there's no social distancing. And you see this industry suffer, but this industry not suffer. And, and what, what I'm seeing here, chef, and just hear me out is, you know, when you're a little kid, I, I, if you have kids, you probably understand if you don't, you were a kid once, but when you came to your own conclusion, rather than your mom or your dad telling you how it has to be. But when you come to your own actual conclusion, and that's one of the things that struck me with uh, Chef Josh Nuremberg's conclusion, is that indoor dining is not productive to the business right now, and especially the safety of the staff. That if there was an overall conclusion and that messaging to where maybe just shut down indoor dining altogether, even the playing field, support one another, concentrate on those two or three things, concentrate in, cut that diamond, and work together on the messaging that it is safe, that we will be back to indoor dining, but not right now. Whatever that messaging be, and it might be, let's all open our dining rooms up. I mean, because listen, if there's one unified front with the overall collective that has that one messaging, it's not going to be denied. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, my position's a little bit different than Josh. I feel like the stats are getting out there that very little spread is happening in regulated restaurants with the right environment because we're here to regulate, you know. And I don't know if this is hitting on everything you're saying, but again, that sort of unified message of like, I don't know that, I mean, restaurateurs aren't even on the same page right now. Bar owners, club owners, like you said, there's so many different groups and genres. It's just really hard, but Again, they're able to regulate us. They're not able to regulate you. You know, that's the problem that they can say, don't have Thanksgiving. But on the outside, you guys, the rest of the world can get together in whatever fashion they want, but we're going to get fined. And I think that at least looking at our restaurant group, I feel like we're safe. I feel like our employees are, um, I mean, we're all at risk one way or another. And it'd be the utopia to shut down. Sounds nice, but I can't shut down knowing that my employees are going to get paid, you know, 300 bucks a week on a busted sort of furlough system this time around. And like, you know, that they're going to be taken care of. And if they don't want to come to work, we're going to take care of them. We're not putting the pressure on. These are the our workers want to be here right now. They want to fight for the restaurant survival. They want to they're putting themselves at risk and I commend them for that. I'm not asking them to do that, but they you know, this is a volunteer basis. We provided a lot of options for our employees, but they want to be in it right now. And, um, you know, to go from 25% to zero right now, knowing that this isn't necessarily the restaurant's fault, that this is literally that most of these, most of the transmission is happening in homes, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, people letting their guard down, or like you said, the freedom of choice, which I love this country. I'm all for our freedoms, um, but it definitely is, um, you know, once again, it's our businesses are shutting down. You know, I got my haircut this morning. Looking good, man. <laughs> at a really great barber <laughs> in free market. Uh, yeah. you know, so shout out to those guys uh at Rosemont. Um, because they're they're awesome and I felt safe. You know, they're in my business yeah. and, and there's a point of knowing mask to mask, glove to glove. Like there is a point where we know statistically that it was somewhat okay for me to get that 
you know, haircut this morning. And when someone's in our restaurant with their mask off, yes, it creates, you know, but some barriers, but if we can sort of act and think around that, which I feel like a lot of the good restaurants have, the, the responsible restaurants have bought them their way around this. They're acting in a safe manner, but it's not going to change the fact that we're seeing the highest case counts ever and that most of that transmission is not happening in restaurants. I don't believe it's happening outside. Agreed. But what do you do when mandates come down? That sends out a message to the consumer that it's not safe to be in a dining room. Yeah. I mean, am, am I wrong about that? Is that yeah. not the messaging that's happening right now through politicians, bureaucrats and, and mainstream media? Yeah. How do I you mean, work against that? Right now, again, I think it, it, I think you have, this is more of a time to sort of put your values out there, let people know what you stand for. Um, do you care about the food you're serving in your restaurant? What kind of integrity do you have as a business? And it's time to, you know, you know, put some of that stuff out to the world because this is a, there is a lot, lot of information floating around. And um, I hope when people see that, you know, we're putting out, messages today about our, our next steps. I hope that they look at a group like ours or Josh's and be like, you know what, I, th this, this guy is doing things right. Or, or um, you know, these, these chefs are doing it right or restaurateurs, you know? Yeah. How much uh, does it take to get ready for dine in service? Uh, nothing anymore. <laughs> As of today, you know, we are shut down tonight. Yeah. Dining yeah. rooms are officially closed. Um, we're facing that reality right now. And we put our sort of winter planning in place and, I'm I'm happy with our patios right now, and I'm I'm all for the idea of guests getting bundled up and bringing blankets, and I think it's a good thing. And um, you know, like I said, if there was help tomorrow or the sort of unified front, I would probably change my strategy. Would I close down completely again? Absolutely, I would. If we were if we were taken care of, if there was a plan, if there was just like you know, and that's what frustrates me. I think we know enough now, even though I know we're still in the dark, but we know enough now um, that with a good planning from, you know, government or, you know, whomever that, um, you know, the incoming president, you know, all of that's going to have a, an effect. And once we get those uh, plans in place, I'll think differently. But tonight I'm excited to serve people on our patios. I'm, I want to cook to go food for people. Our chefs do our front of house, you know, and they want to fight for their jobs right now. Mm -hmm. You know, if they didn't, I don't think they would be here, but they do. Mm. Positivity. I mean, that hasn't gone away. You know, yeah. You're very positive and, and the haircut does look good. You know, that fresh haircut look though, right? I mean, can you replicate that tomorrow? <laughs> that's, that's all Rosemont, you know, <laughs> those guys are funny. So yeah. you gave us a little bit of what you guys are doing. And, and I mean, Hey, listen, if you get the opportunity to eat any food from your restaurants, that's what you need to do. Tell us exactly what your plan is going forward. And, and then anything that we can do to help out. We just want to keep connected. We want to get your thoughts and opinions. And maybe as we get those, they'll filter down into this funnel to where there's one, two, three points that stand out and, and we can collectively just push forward with those. Yeah, man, we we appreciate your support so much in trying to get the the word out. Um, I'm sitting in Wolf's Taylor right now. I we're building. We have two canvas tents with personal gas fire pits, where a table of two to six of the same household can book and um, have an experience that I think is unmatched anywhere. I think it's uh, it's exceptional. We're cooking um, out of 
our clay pots. We used to have a, these Japanese clay pot cooking on our menu. Mm. That's gone away since there's no group dining. So we're happy to like bring that back right now to these uh, tents. Um, downtown needs a lot of help. You know, Bruto is doing some phenomenal things uh, with a new chef, Michael, like, you know, a kid that got involved in our advocacy work who uh, has worked at Pujol in Mexico City and all over and was just cooking exceptional food. And we've had to now close that dining room. But we've got an awesome um, pickup counter in the Dairy Block Alley mm-hmm. um, right behind between Milk Market and Free Market um, is an awesome the food there, the drink experience, if you sit at the patio downtown or grab something to go. Uh, again, I just think that that team is just doing something incredibly special. Uh, the Boulder teams are our bakery and uh, we're just launching a winter share for people. Uh, it's like a CSA of bread and flour. So uh, bakers and people that love sourdough, I just think it's, it's again, it's, it's something that uh, we've got some great bakeries here in Colorado and we're just adding to, you know, making that accessible for everyone right now is uh, just phenomenal. Um, and, you know, boss is tried and true. Um, we're doing our to go and, bringing back some meal plans there. And, but, you know, Basta is just, it's our oldest restaurant and it's just, it's just staying, you know, it's just a rock for us. Uh, so hopefully our, our regulars that when this happens, they're just, they're tuning into that right now, but you know, that's, it's all a little bit different from us and it's all case by case and it's all team by team. Uh, once again, if our team says, you know, I was thinking Bruto, we would just pause and our team there is like, you know, we, we had opened for four days. We are today is the fifth day of service of reopening Bruto because we've been completely shut. And uh, so on day five, we're shutting down again. And the team there is just like, we're not we're not laying down right now. So we want to fight. We want to serve food. We want to cook. So, you know, it's just, you know, it's case by case, team by team. Uh, but a lot of good things uh, there. So please support if you can go down there and check it out. Mm. Boy, so you got nothing to do, is what you're saying, huh? And my team, is, <laughs> these guys are making it a little easy for me right now. Oh man, um, well no, you, I was like being, the pivots, you know? I was being facetious. You're busy as hell, and you can tell innovation, creativity, and 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 truly during these hard times, that's what it is. Just trying to get a united front. The one thing that you want to leave us with, that if you want to throw it into the pool of collectivity to where we can start adding them up. What would that one thing be that it's like, this is what we need to do folks. This is what we need to do. As you talk to other restaurant owners in the business right now. I mean, for restaurant owners, it's just, you know, I, it's like I said, it's, it's heartbreaking to know what people are going through, but I'll just say that, you know, I mean, anything we can do, we're partnering with a group out of Hong Kong right now called Sunday Spirits at Wolf's. And, you know, they're fighting for the restaurant in Hong Kong and we're fighting here and we're launching this like highball thing. And it's awesome. But dig in, like if our group can work or share or do anything for anyone else, we are game um, to to be on your team as well and support you. But and to anybody not in the industry, it's like, you know, we well sticking with the industry, like we think about creativity right now and um, innovation, like you said, Jay. But like, um, you know, we stopped kind of cooking survival food, and we're like, how do we thrive? How do we go from survive to thrive in this like dark time? So thinking about thriving is where we've sort of shifted our thinking, and we know that we're going to shut down tomorrow because an employee's in contact or whatever. But like, it, it, it's touch and go. But um, you know, keep fighting. It's worth the fight and public just support. 
across the board. Um, whether you fully understand what we're going through or not, the one thing you understand is how to eat and how to drink. So just do that. Mm-hmm. Eat and drink. Okay, last one for you. This is a heavy one. You still babysitting that goat? Uh, no goats. I, <laughs> I'm worried that it's made its way into our food supply system at this point. My daughter's horrified. So oh, man. we're going to keep adopting goats from Black Cat next time around. Uh, we love working with Eric and Jill at Black Cat, and uh, we'll take care of more goats in the future. I hope they're not being served on our pizza right now, Basta, but they may be. May or may not be. Who knows? Uh, Chef, always great catching up with you. Thanks for joining us today. And I can tell you one thing for certain. We will be supporting you. We want to see you come out on the other side. We know that, man. Thank you so much for your support, Jay, and team. Absolutely. Thanks. Chef Kelly Whitaker right there. And um, what more can you ask? Biker Jim standing by. Yeah, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to filter them in here. Uh, so, uh, hopefully. Yeah, we're a little behind schedule, and thank you for joining us. Um, I'm Jay today. I've noticed does that. Does it say Jay on I'm the no, Zoom call? I'm that. sure it does. Does it say now, Jay? Yeah, I put Jay. The, 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 you were just talking to <laughs> Chef Jay Parker from Boston and the Wolves Taylor. I put my name on everybody's uh, thing. Oh, that's all right. Uh, it's an interesting day, and it's the 20th, and here it is, the Friday. Today's the day. I, a lot of people are out right now, and it just warms my heart. Um, seeing people out supporting the local restaurants. Do you know In and Out has got their big thing going on today, Jay? No, big what's opening? It? No, I in, saw In and an Out somewhere yeah. in town, but well, I, people are freaking out. It's like, okay, here's In and Out. They're in town right now, outsiders type of thing, and people are lined up from today until tomorrow for those burgers. And a lot of people are like, well, how come you, you know, to take a little bit of that and go to our restaurants, which people are. But it's more important than ever. Biker Jim standing by. We'll break off real quick. We'll come back, let you know Bob P's. And I think your schedule is all. Jay's just I'm pushing to, it. I'm talking to Bob. I'm, Caroline Glover's coming up. Hey, Susio Silva's coming Jay's up. And so to I'm, keep uh, it all together. I'm shifting. I'm doing a little shift. All right. Be back in a flash from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Hi, I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms. And I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater Show. <laughs> hey, Zach Ryder here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado. Your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, let me try it one more time. Then we'll see. Hey, restaurants. We're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. First, we partner with the best farmers in the world, and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful, all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey, Modern Eater fans. I'm Don Trouble with The Annex by Ardent Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of, of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. 
And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearled barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show. Uh, welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. I always just light up and smile when I see this gentleman's face. Uh, it's Biker Jim Pittenger and uh, Biker Jim's Gourmet Hot Dogs from the Biker Jim house with the Biker Jim cat. Bonnie the cat. Now, did you get a new cat? Yeah, I had Bonnie for quite some time. She is not the psycho cat that I previously had. Yeah, the that... uh, the cat that I developed PTSD from. Yeah, you remember, you remember Beezers. I uh, I learned an important lesson with that cat. If you get a kitten, do not name it after the devil, because it will personify that. It thing. will take that on. Yeah, that cat would hunt you when you went into your house. Thanks for joining us on the show today. It's an interesting time right now because there's so much confusion and so many mixed messages and mandates and orders. Oh, can you hear me? Please tell me your audio did not go away. And you can you hear me, Jim? No, you cannot. Okay, Jay's. Oh, no. I was going to call Jay an expert on technical issues, he's getting, but I'm, I'm going to re refrain from doing that right cable. now. He's getting good. He says he did. Oh. <laughs> did he just fall over? <laughs> close, close. Studio Kitchen is a mess right now, I'm it's, guessing. Well, it. it it's where, so we're a pneumatic tube and we're here. People's frustration are high and, and they're, they're coming at me through DM, through email, instant message, instant message. And it, it, it's, 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 there's a real hopeless feeling out there. And I think the first time around, it was a little bit easier, you know, because you didn't, the uncertainty and the let's stick together and we're going to get some, the, the troops are going to come help us. And here's a little bit of cash infusion from the federal government. And now it's like, OK, um, I'm shutting stuff down. I'm laying off employees before Thanksgiving. There's no money in sight. It's a little scary. And I'm trying to be a, a, a citizen that does plays by the rules and does the right things. And I wear my mask and my restaurants are clean and doing all. But I'm not getting anywhere. And. The message from the business and the owners is everywhere. It's not consistent. So we're trying to find that consistency right now. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure where you plan on finding that consistency yeah, right now. But uh, yeah, when when, you know, this first started, you know, there was that you know, immediate shock, that instant shock when everything got shut down. And then there was the hope when, you know, and, and it, it did appear as though, you know, the administration jumped in pretty quickly and developed, you know, at least some sort of, you know, federal aid, uh, which, well, let me rephrase that, you know, the city shot from the hip, it seemed like we're going to close down until May, you know, and bam, it seemed like there was no rhyme or reason, at least to me, as to why they chose that date. And then when they, uh, when they had some CARES Act rollout and the, you know, and the Paycheck Protection Program rolled out. We had two months to spend it uh, when we got it. And, you know, at that point, it's like, okay, you know, I mean, this is, we're going to open up in June. Everything's going to come back to normal. 
And before you know it, you know, we'll all have had a little laugh and move through our year. Um, and I think you're right. I think now that we're running into that second, uh, second wave of, you know, virus going crazy, shutdowns happening mm -hmm. that in a lot of cases, it's like, what, what's going on? You know I mean? The, uh, the unemployment subsidy is done. You know, a lot of people that got laid off last year at this point are in a really tough place. You know, um, I feel, I feel that pain. I feel for my crew because we just shut down again. And this time I'm thinking we're just going to do our best to uh, re re remain on life support, mothballing the whole system for the next couple of months, hoping that the, uh, the vaccine is effective. Mm -hmm. People feel confident about going back into restaurants. There, there's no confidence when we hear you know, the governor and the mayor Um, let's just, uh, I mean, what the hell? Let's just do this right now. Jim, I'm losing you there, buddy. Can you hear me? Hear you, sort of. Yeah, okay. you're there, Jim. You Don't me? Hang on. Yeah, I was just an Don't listen thing. to Jay. No, we're good. <laughs> so here, here it is, Jim. There is, um, this is from Westward. I printed it out yesterday and, and I actually read it. I thought by reading it and, and there it's a long list. Here, here's the closings of restaurants in the front range. I don't even know if it's a complete list There's pages of it. I don't know, 40 per page. We've got five pages of it. Um, these are just restaurants, Jim. These are just restaurants. This is businesses across the board. And, you know, the rumblings are is is treating uh, treating the symptoms more deadly than the virus itself. Right. And that's a terrible, terrible question to ask yourself. But what I do want to ask you is what do you how are you avoiding Biker Jim's being on this next line. Well, we are on the line of closing. We're not closing permanently. Yeah. These, so are, these are permanent. These are permanent closings. Um, What's keeping you? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the depressive optimist. You know, I have always been lucky and I always have faith that, you know, from the start, from the first day that I started this business, when I sold the soda before I even unloaded my cooler, I knew I was doing something right. And, you know, I still feel that way, even though this year has been dismal for us and we got shut down right before we were able to, uh, you know, to really make any money this year. So it's been breathing on fumes the whole year. And it's been a whole year of, you know, learning how to budget and try, you know, learning how to budget in a whole different way and trying to keep people employed as long as we could. And, you know, at this point right now, it's um, it's a wait and see game. Mm. Uh, I have no intention of closing permanently. You know, if if I'm back on a hot dog cart come spring, then I'm back on a hot dog cart come spring. We're we're going to keep breath flowing through this business. Mm. Um, but I understand where you know a lot of people are just they don't know where to go. Mm. You know, right now it is, you know, there's been talk of you know a second round of of the CARES Act mm -hmm. and, and you know and with what's been going on. And, you know, a lot of distractions from that. You know, That's the just all talk. The administration. It's all right of now. Of course, of course. Right now, it's an interesting, you know, it's like, wow, for months and months, we were just hit and bombarded with political messages and vote for me and I'll do mm -hmm. this and I'll do that. And then at the end of the day, here we are right now, right? And who's picking up the phone? Who, who, <laughs> who, the very same people that fought so hard for them, mm -hmm. they're nowhere to be found. 
they're nowhere to be found. So, so here, and, and that's fine. That's spilt milk. Here we are together. Consistent <laughs> messaging. Mm -hmm. When the governor comes out with a mandate and he says, we're closing down indoor dining, that just sends out a message to the layman that says it's not safe to dine indoors. Correct. Um, <laughs> indeed, you know, and it's, which is a travesty because you know restaurants have been in business for years and years and years trying not to make, you know, people sick, you know, that's our job. We're pretty good at it, you know? Um, but you know, uh, there are other factors in place that, you know, I think is difficult for a lot of us to take care of, you know, to be able to handle. And that's the airborne, an airborne virus, you know, is it that deadly? Not really, not from what I've heard, uh, but I've known a lot of people that have got this virus now. You know, I mean, six months ago, didn't know anybody. Yeah. Now I know a lot of people, yeah. you know, and, and Josh Nuremberg had uh, it. Jesus is coming up. Well, Him and his family right? had it. Mm -hmm. We're going to hear those yep, perspectives, uh, Talk, but, but we're also going to about it. You know, I had a I had a friend of mine that died from this. Granted, he had he had other complications, but he will be chalked up to a covid death. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so the shit's real. You know, it's it's happening. And, you know, do I like what's happening to my industry? Hell no. No, not one little bit. Do I like what's happening to the country? No. You know, do I think if we took precautions, if we wore masks, if we, you know, washed our hands, if we did all that, that we can contain this thing? Yeah. You know, do I have hope that the virus or that the vaccine is going to roll out here shortly? And, you know, give people hope that they can get back out and start enjoying life. Maybe not exactly the way that we used to. You know, I don't know if we're ever going back to what we used to have. But, um, you know, at least some semblance of society, of, mm -hmm. you know, restaurants are society. You know, as, as I've told you a few times, man, food is the glue that binds my society together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not being able to go out to eat, not being able to, to join and support my friends in this industry is really hard, you know, you know um, on them, on me, you know, something of an extrovert. But, you know, will I sacrifice uh, to try and see the end of this? Yeah, I yeah, will. I think most people Am will. I going to have Thanksgiving dinner? Am I having people over? No, I'm not, man. You know, kind of just. What? Man. Yeah. Jim's sorry, laying low? Coming. I can't come over? You're not coming. Oh, man. Well, yeah, you can huh? come over. I can? But, uh, yeah, we yeah, hang, for, we for hang sure. out enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, listen, it, it, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is can, there's tons of confusion. And I think the confusion lays in just the picking and choosing. And, and it's like, how, how can I go sit in an airplane with 200 of my closest friends <laughs> you know, and I can't go support my local restaurant? And the messaging is, mm -hmm. is that if I go in there, I'm going to catch coronavirus and I'm going to die. Which, I mean, look at look at restaurants and what they do. But in order to have just this one voice, because let's face it, if all restaurant owners came together in Colorado with this one messaging of voice and used, I mean, your social media, it, it could push the needle teeny bit, you know, but you put everybody's little spheres and social medias together with this one message of the safety of restaurants, whatever that message is. And we're still trying to figure out what that message is. Mm -hmm. It could become pretty powerful. But moving in all of these different directions and, and letting the politics, we were played a fool's errand. We were played. We let down our agenda for others. And here we sit, confused. Well, you were yeah, a little bit confused because 
as we said, we we're, we're get you know everybody's getting a mixed message. You know, we're here to support small business, but you guys no. Even though you know the restaurant industry is one of the largest independently owned and you know not so independently owned small businesses in the country, if not the world, and there is very little recourse that we have. Uh, you know, myself, I want to be responsible. You know. Yeah. Um, as I said, though, we, I mean, we know how to we know how to keep things clean. We know how to not transmit diseases, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, much unlike, you know, what I said when I did your modern eater dinner the first night. Uh, you know, I am pretty confident that nobody's going to get sick the next day. That was a joke, by the way, when I had said that at dinner, um, you know, so. But how can we, you know, how can we convince people that, you know, just rely on information coming from the television, information coming yeah. from uh, flip social the media, flip that the it's okay. We got to, we have to flip the script. We have to take this into our own hands. We have to be a collective, uh, united front. Uh, one thing I do know is I'm hungry for a reindeer dog right now. Can you get that cart ready yeah. to go? Um, well, I could, although your reindeer will be uh, an ostrich this year since we uh, we sort of used up our reindeer supply. And really? I have not been able to renew that. Oh, my goodness. Oh. All right. Mm-hmm. So, ostrich dog. Ostrich. ostrich the new what reindeer. does ostrich it, it, taste like? It still doesn't fly, and, it, you know, and it's a bird. Uh, ostrich, <laughs> well, the way we've developed it, it tastes like a kielbasa, you know, but Ostrich is red meat. Ostrich is great. It, when when we first opened the restaurant, we did two burgers. One was yak, one was ostrich. Uh, and ostrich makes a great burger. It makes a really great hot dog. Uh, it's same. It's rich. It's savory. It's you know, it's it's worth a day in court if you get a chance to eat one nope. or eat an ostrich steak or an ostrich burger. You nothing's an ostrich nothing's worth a day a in court while. for me, man. That's for sure. No day in court for me. Although I've memorized your phone number. So if I ever get in that position, I know who to call. Right. We'll go have a barbecue at the commissary next week. (laughs) Just answer the phone. Uh, Taking care of your people. So biker gyms, the official thing. Just say right now you're closed down, right? We are closed for the duration. You know, I'm going to guess probably at least until March. Mm. You know, so I'm I'm guessing the next two to three months um, we're going to be, you know, Doing what we do, I've got a couple of things in the works that I will tell you about later when they uh, when I see them actually coming together. But um, yeah, we'll open, we'll reopen. It'll All be fun. All right, my man, biker Jim Pittenger. Jim, always a pleasure. We'll see you soon. I haven't talked to you in a little bit. You're doing okay. Yeah, I'm, I I am the proverbial duck. I'm calm on the top and paddling like a mofo <laughs> under the water. So you know I, things, things are moving on i feel you brother okay that's biker jim we'll see you soon thanks thanks Bill. Uh, you bet uh it's a friday november 20th lots of stuff going on right now great lineup we ran into a cuff there's jay parker ran into a couple of hitches it's the uh audio cord well i mean that's that's <laughs> i mean I, I mean it's it couldn't hurt okay tell us what the lineup is for the remainder of the day and how it's going to go i know you've had to yeah, shuffle so some things around bob pease from the brewers association is going to join in about that's three minutes cool. and um i'm curious to know what's going on with the breweries you know Me what too. i mean like oh, we've been talking a lot of restaurants absolutely. but the breweries are right there and then we've got the wonderful uh chef 
I'm sorry. Uh, Chef Caroline Glover yes, is going to tune in, is going to connect, and we're going to have a, a little chat with her and Annette. Scratch to scratch to table over there at the Standing Marketplace. Then <laughs> Chef Jesusio Silva yeah. from Tora Ramen Masaki on Broadway, the Broadway Marketplace, Taco Sal Chili. He's going to okay, join the guys, show. Yeah, here, here's what's up. Um, email us, get a hold of us, DM us, reach out to us. Um, it's a little scary right now because you don't want your voice to cause any waves or give backlash to your business or be under a, a negative microscope. I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that communication is what needs to happen right now. Yesterday, we had a firecracker of a guy on this show that would say, you know, don't wear masks, just open it all up. Um, it's a free for all, right? I mean, opinions are everywhere. And, and unfortunately, a lot of the things as we look to the poll, I looked at the poll today and the poll question was, do you feel like the restaurant industry has a united voice? Uh, here, here is the uh, so far results on that. Uh, do you feel like the restaurant industry has a united voice? Yes is 22%. No is 78%. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. So what is that voice? Uh, all I know is the messaging right now is that it's unsafe eat at restaurants indoor but you can make an outdoor that looks like an indoor that it's so confusing that's where we're at uh people that do have a great united voice i think the brewers association does a great job and um it's it's not easy but it's important uh, Bob Pease from the Brewers Association Pre president and CEO Bob Pease is going to be joining us here in the next segment I want to get this out here. Uh, we're off Studio Kitchen Colorado. We are off of uh, Fifth and Federal. And there is a, uh, we share a building with Pop Culture Classroom. They are out there giving away food today, Jay. They are. It, it is, with it boggles it, my mind, Jay, in today's day and age that there's food insecurity. You know, I know you eat all the time, anything that you want to, and and you've got all the money that's, in the that's world. That's one of those little things that you do you re, you honestly take a sandwich and potato yeah. chips for granted. Yeah. You, you really but do. But God, it. how heartbreaking it is out there. There's actually kids that are in the United States of America go to bed hungry. I know. Oh, my God. That's it's terrible. It, yeah. So they're doing this. Um, don't stop by and see us because we're busy right now. But right next door is Pop Culture ca Classroom. This is what they're doing out front today. Hey there, everybody. We're here today from Pop Culture Classroom. Uh, we're doing a mobile food pantry. Well, what he's saying, Greg, is... And basically, we've got about 250 boxes of food inside the office, um, getting people through the line and giving them some boxes to take home, hopefully give them uh, some great food to have for the holidays. So if you're out there and you want to come by, uh, we're 2760 West 5th Avenue uh, over in Denver, um, 5th and Federal. And uh, yeah, come grab some food, come hang out with us. We're having a great time. Okay, so if you are on uh, 6th Avenue or I-25 to 6th Avenue and you're heading west, you can get off on Federal and then uh, take a left on Federal, swing in there, head back uh, east one block off of 5th and Federal. You'll see it right there. They're giving away boxes of food um, for you and your family. I'd take them up on that. From Studio Kitchen Colorado, we'll break away. We'll come right back. We're going to catch up with Bob Pease. Uh, Mr. Pease, Pease, please. Uh, he's the two and only. He'll be next on the Modern Eater Show.
Hey, you guys, Jay here with the Modern Eater Show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget about our YouTube and Instagram channels. A lot of killer content over there. Throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Throw us a follow on Instagram. And thank you for supporting TME. We couldn't do this without our amazing sponsors. So let's check them out right now. Come on. Come on. Uh, you know, we got that great facility over in Park Hill that yes. we really we want people to come over. Try yeah. things out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just been, it's been wonderful. And so there's a lot of times where people will come to us. Justin Brunson, a great example. I was over at uh, River Bear yesterday mm -hmm. and I said to him, just give me your dream. Yeah. You know, tell my organization what yeah. it is you want your dream to be and sure. how you want to get there. And then we'll figure out how to get you there. Okay. Because there really isn't anything that can't be done realistically. Mm -hmm. You know, you talk about Canberra, yeah. we talk about all the Middleby brands, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, Pitco, Blodgett, you know, Turbo Chef, you know, these are best in class brands. Glass Tender, we were just talking about earlier, Wonder Bar, Steelite, Dexter, I mean, American Metalcraft, you just go on down the line. We have best in class brands. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we're able to really answer anybody's need. And that's why I always tell everybody, tell me what you're home. Is. I stripped down to my skivvies. All right, here we go. I got it. I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, Steve Gould from Golden Moon Distillery and Golden Moon Speakeasy. When I get my cocktails to go from Golden Moon Speakeasy, I go home, I kick back and I watch the modern eater. <laughs> skivvies. Hey, I'm a Marine. It's skivvies, man. Welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado on a Friday. It is November 20th, almost to the nose, eight months um, since the first initial round of shutdowns as the front range goes into uh, red. And what does that mean? It means a very limited dining. Outdoor dining continues, indoor dining shut down, uh, lots of curfews and deadlines uh, that need to be made. But, uh, one thing is for certain local businesses and local restaurants, they need your support. Okay. We turn to this gentleman as we go to, uh, the people's Republic of Boulder and, uh, Mr. Bob Pease, how are you, sir? Greg, Jay, great to be with you guys again. Thanks for the opportunity to come on. Uh, I'm healthy. I'm safe. And I count my blessings. Mm, right. I mean, that's a every day you, you, you put your feet on the floor and you go, Oh, Okay, got to run a chance yep. at this. Uh, that's yep. all we can really ask. Anybody, I mean, you found, you rewind a year ago and, and I say, hey, Bob, next year this time, this is what it's going to be like. If you, ah, you lost your mind. But here we are. The playing field has changed so, so much. One of the things, and, and first of all, let's start out with this. Uh, brewers, breweries, the Brewers Association. Yep. Give, give us an update. Where do you stand? Um, you know, before this most recent round of shutdown orders coming across the country, I would say that, uh, you know, we had, our membership had stabilized, um, you know, had gotten into a rhythm, had adjusted to the new normal. Um, but unfortunately, as the, uh, as the virus has, you know, uh, reared its, its, its ugly head in more aggressive fashion, uh, these recent round of, uh, you know, not full shutdown orders, but severe restrictions are going to have a really significant impact on small and independent breweries, brew pubs, tap rooms, tasting rooms. So it's a, it's a, it's a pretty scary time right now. Certainly is. Um, organized, being organized, messaging. That's it. I mean, listen, the Brewers Association, that's a national thing. Uh, you you're working through mandates yep. that come down state to state 
it's, it's seemingly like, okay, man, there's no consistent messaging that's out there. How do you do that as the Brewers Association to have that consistent messaging to be the cheerleaders for um, the breweries and, 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 and the beer market? How, how do you put that forward and, and, and how do you disseminate it, Bob? Well, we do that, I think, in a, in a couple of different ways, Greg. We put it in two primary different boxes. One is our promote box, and one is our protect box. The protect box is all of our advocacy work, primarily in Washington, D.C. Um, you know, one of the things we're heavily uh, lobbying on for right now is the inclusion of the Restaurants Act in any uh, new piece of coronavirus legislation that comes down the pike. Uh, there was an editorial yesterday in the new, by the New York Times editorial board urging the Congress to pass the Restaurants Act. Uh, this would provide direct relief to small and independent restaurant operators. And the Brewers Association was successful in our advocacy efforts in getting specific language added to that piece of legislation that references brew pubs, tap rooms, and brewery tasting rooms. So... That's one of the ways we do it on the on the protect side, on the government affairs side. And then on the promote side, uh, I'm really excited to be able to talk with you guys today about uh, the a campaign we've got going on right now. It's our second uh, annual effort called Small Brewery Sunday. Think, uh, you know, think Small Business Saturday. Well, now we've got Small Brewery Sunday. Uh, it's uh, the date is November 29th for Small Brewery Sunday, but I think it's important for your listeners to, and watchers to think just beyond the date. Uh, this is a, an awareness campaign trying to uh, drive purchasing decisions for brew pubs, uh, tap rooms, and tasting rooms by beer lovers and by consumers. Mm -hmm. We need to find a way to support these small Main Street businesses, just like Small Business Saturday emphasizes, well, this is support your small and independent local brewery during this holiday, during this holiday period. Uh, and you don't have to be a beer drinker in order to do that. Food to go from your brew pub. Merchandise is a gift for the holidays. Gift card purchases. Any number of ways uh, brew, uh, beer drinkers and consumers can find a way to support these businesses that are so, so critical to the economy Denver and Boulder and Colorado and all all over our state and all over the country. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, developing those types of things. I mean, Small Business Saturday took a few years to catch on. Is is this something? How how do you get this information out? Do you ask the breweries to jump on board with this? Uh, how how do you actually solidify a date like that to where people will pay attention? Yeah, I mean, last year. We we were really blown away by, uh, you know, how it kind of just organically uh, took off uh, via social media. Uh, right now, people can go to smallbrewerysunday.com and they can find out ways that they can get engaged uh, about it. Uh, you'll see uh, our Anthem video all over social media. So we've got some paid social going on through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then another way that we're really getting the message out this year is we partnered with Untapped. Not sure if you guys familiar with untapped uh, but you know pretty uh cutting edge uh beer related app and uh they've come on board as a partner for small brewery sunday so you can go to you know, download the untapped web website and uh 
unlock yourself uh, the, the, the Small Brewery Sunday badge, which is part of the whole untapped uh, business model. And uh, when you, you know, do that, when you're picking up your, your to-go food or your merchandise or, your, or even best, you know, a six pack or a growler to go. Uh, but in the last 48 hours, uh, what they told me, we've had 135,000 Small Brewery Sunday badges unlocked and untapped just in the last 48 hours that uh, we've been running that promotion with them. And that's resulted in about 1.5 million impressions on social. So that's one of the ways we're getting the message out. And that's something we did not have last year. Mm, fantastic work. Yeah, I've got a lot of great people that I work with, uh, super creative uh, folks in our our creative department and the people in our marketing department, you know, we're always finding ways to, uh, to, to, to push that message of supporting the small and independent local brewery out there. Mm. I want to be clear. We have a bunch of great organizations, one being the Brewers Association right in our backyard. But on a local level, I think the CRA and Colorado Restaurant Association, uh, Eat Denver, I think they all do fantastic jobs. Uh, one thing that I'm seeing is as folks reach out to me on a consistent basis is, is just overcoming the messaging when there's a mandate that shuts down um, dining in basically says it's not safe. And that's a tough thing to overcome the safety for a restaurant and to support them there within the CRA survey. Uh, latest survey reports that 79% of restaurants will consider closing permanently within six months if indoor dining becomes prohibited. A quarter will consider closing in a month. Um, yeah. Is there any data or surveys that you look to as far as breweries go? Yeah, we survey our membership uh, pretty frequently. Uh, I think we've done four surveys now since March 13th when the, you know, when the pandemic first hit. Uh, our numbers are not quite as stark as those, uh, but I think uh, one of the big takeaway stats was that about, about a third of our members are uncertain if they will still be in business in three months. Mm -hmm. So dark, but maybe not quite as dark as that restaurant message, you know, and I know, you know, Greg and Jay, there's a lot of controversy out there about, you know, what, what the governor in Colorado, what Governor Polis is doing. Is it right? Is it, is it wrong? You know, I know it has a tremendous, tremendous economic impact on restaurants and brew pubs and tasting rooms and breweries, but I really look towards the United States Congress and the Colorado legislature as really being the ones that we that are needed that we need to step up right now and find ways to get funding and get relief to restaurants, breweries, and brew pubs. Uh, because if they don't get that, if Congress doesn't pass another coronavirus package, or if we can't get the Colorado legislature to earmark some money to the restaurant industry the toll is going to be significant. Well, I mean, hey, listen, I print, printed out the latest attrition of closings. Uh, just in the front range, this is just restaurants. This isn't businesses altogether. This is just restaurants, pages, pages of restaurants that have closed since March. Um, I mean, boy, if we added the, there are some breweries in here, actually, brew pubs. Uh, one thing that may stand out to you, we've got a, a one minute left with you and a hard break. At... Um, it, just at first blush, when you see the restaurant industry, is there one piece of advice or one piece of something as people are jockeying for a consistent message and, and, and unity? Is there one thing that you can say, Bob, um, 
that might be helpful. Band together, find ways to shop and support local. Um, that is our message, one of our mantras day in and day out. Small, independent local breweries, restaurants, retail businesses, they are the backbone of our economy. And we need to go out of our way to find ways to support them with our dollars. That's it. I love catching up with you. Um, always, man. It, it's always fun. <laughs> Someday we will be able to have a beer together. Won't that be weird? I would look forward to that. I would look forward to that a lot, Greg. <laughs> Me too. Uh, great American Beer Festival. Great success with that. There were many, many happy people. You guys pulled off the work of, I, I had no idea how you were able to do that. Uh, it, it, and it can't replace the Great American Beer Festival in person, which we will see again someday. But way to move mountains with this past couple of months. Fantastic job keeping the brewing community together, Bob. Really, really great job. See you, dude. There's Bob Pease. I don't know if his audio took off or something like that, but that's Bob Pease. Caroline Glover, she's standing by. Uh, I was yesterday on, I'm getting multiple messages on my Facebook and, and, um, and Instagram and email and phone calls of people reaching out. It's like, I want to voice my opinion. I want to say things. I don't know if it's a popular opinion. I'm confused. I'm desperate. I'm sad. Some people are turning to drugs and alcohol. Restaurant owners everywhere just de this desperate feeling of despair. Do I go into personal debt? The division between small business and big business seems to be getting larger. Large businesses have the lobbying and the power to be able to just really bully and push their way through to get what they want. Everything is so confusing right now. We're trying to make sense of this together, but just that same consistent messaging. That's what we're trying to figure out. That's what this filter is. And the modern eater, we want to be that pneumatic tube for you. So if you want to be like Caroline Glover and express your, uh, your, your opinion here on the show, fantastic. If you feel that yours is a little more sensitive or a little more controversial, bring it to me. I'll read it. I'll read anything. You know, we just want your opinions and we want to be in this together because there will be another side to this, but we need to figure out what does the other side look like and how do we get there? Chef Caroline Glover coming up next. The Modern Eater Show continues. Hey, <laughs> what's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumpling for by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs. And I am rocking with the Modern Eater. You're watching them. You're tasting them. You know, and everything there is to know about Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey Four Pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from eight to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming, uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey 4-pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pecos, or at Colfax in York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery today. Welcome to Tommy Knocker Brewery here in beautiful Idaho Springs. 
Uh, we brew normally twice a day. Currently brew about 18 different beers. And right here is our brew kettle, steam-fired brew kettle. And uh, we generate our steam with natural gas. We get our natural gas from Encore Energy and Brian Rizzuto. I really like to work with Brian because he explains how the system works of getting your natural gas. It's not a mystery. I actually understand our energy bill. Watching the Modern Eater, and now back to the show. Hey everybody, it's Josh Nierberg from Ben 707 Food Bar, Ben Burger, and Taco Party here in Grand Junction. Uh, at this point uh, in the year in COVID, in our response, our pivots, everything else we've done, I've finally just come to the realization that whatever happens with our business, I am no longer in control of whether or not we stay in business. The only thing that I'm in control of at this point is the safety of my staff, our friends, family, and our community. Because of that, I believe that shutting down dining rooms is probably the best thing that we could collectively do to keep our staff safe. We have major labor issues. We have major problems within the restaurant industry. COVID has exemplified those. Our ability to take care of our own is greatly diminished by inviting our guests, healthy or not, into our dining rooms, allowing them to take off their masks and conduct their business. This is not the position that I want to be in, but I believe that I'm able to continue operating with outside dining, our greenhouses, parklets, heated rooms, heated patios, takeout and delivery in a safer fashion than I am with my dining room open to the public. Here in Mesa County, we have a 50% occupancy variance, which allows us to continue operating our dining rooms open. And our dining room is open for business. And it's the part of our operation that keeps me up at night, makes me lose sleep over being able to control our future. Thanks for listening, everybody. What a great guy. Just very mindful. And, and again, that's just consistent across the board as the restaurant industry. Uh, the thing that uh, past couple of days, well, heck, you know, since the get go, uh, it's it's the staff. It's taking care of the staff, the brave men and women that show up every single day and just a, a very unthankful job. He did have a follow up comment. Josh Nuremberg uh, commented on the stream for clarity. I don't believe our industry puts our diners at risk. I believe the dining pub, the dining public puts us and our industry at a greater risk. I am not a proponent of closing, rather closing dining rooms and operator in a way sustainable for our staff. For us, that does not equate to layoffs. Rather, that equates to deliveries, takeout orders, uh, outdoor dining, et cetera. Uh, that's Chef uh, Josh Nuremberg. He did have COVID. Um, he's gone through the gamut. 
he's shut down. He's done everything right. He's taking care of his staff. Uh, Chef Caroline Glover joins us right now from her office at the Annette Scratch <laughs> table just outside there. Chef, how are you? Welcome back to the show. I'm good. How are you? Oh, good, too. You know, just taking it all in. Here it is, Freaky Friday, and it's proven to be a really freaky one. Is I kind of just equate it to, you, you know how Charlie Brown and, and um, uh, he used to get the football just pulled out from him and he'd try and kick it and fall on his ass? Seems like we're just getting the football pulled out and falling on our ass a lot right now. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I feel like that's been the case since March. So is it weird that it's starting to feel normal, you know? like Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't know. We've talked before. It's like, hey, Chef, you didn't get into this business for this. It makes it harder and harder. And as I show the list of attrition just in the front range of restaurants that have closed since March, pages, each one of these just each one of these represents a family, a small business. I mean, and you go down, it's it's like, how do you how do you keep your business off this list, Chef? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're about to see. I mean, we, I didn't know we could do it for the first, you know, for the last eight months. And now, you know, you kind of get your stride and you're like, okay, I can do this with 25% um, capacity indoors and all this outdoor. And then that gets taken away and then can't sell alcohol past eight o'clock. So yeah, I mean, now I'm kind of back in that boat and like, okay, um, this is a whole new operation. This is a whole new business again. Um, just with a few more hurdles. Mm -hmm. You're very like-minded in the thought processes of, of Chef Josh Nuremberg to where people first, your people are yeah. going to absolutely be, go, go ahead, talk about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Josh and I are very much on the same page. Um, our, our employees, like, I mean, that's number one to me is keeping employees safe. Um, but also I know that I have to have a business too um, to employ people. So, you know, it's kind of conflicting um, ideas. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, that's been since day one, the fact that we get tested every two weeks, we take temperatures every single day. I mean, it's just, it's totally insane. Um, but that is the number one priority for me is keeping people safe and hopefully keeping people with a paycheck. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. No, uh, they're conflicting. <laughs> I mean, you, you probably have ulcers and you're like looking at yourself like, man, I, I don't know, 10 years. I feel like it's just been put on me in this last year. Is that and, what you think, Greg? Is no, you, think? you can't see me right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> man, boy, that was good, Greg. Way to go. Um, <laughs> no wonder, Greg. Oh, man. So people reach out to me and they express their opinions. And I think one of the very frustrating things is right now, as I look at today's poll, do you feel like the restaurant industry has a united voice? 26% of people say yes. 74% of people say no. That's a problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the problem there being is... How do we, we, the collective, the, the service industry, and it goes all the way down the line to the farmers, right? Once one thing's disrupted, the whole chain gets disrupted. How do you work past picking and choosing? It's okay to go on an airline and, and it's okay to not socially distance there. It's okay to go to a Broncos game. Uh, the, the governor encourages in-person learning for little kids. 
Uh, it seems like favorites are being picked. None of this is going through legislation. There is no collective vote for anybody else. The messaging for restaurants are everywhere. But one thing that is consistent is the, the diners, the, the customers have been told that it's unsafe to go to restaurants and dine in. That's a tough pill to swallow and it's tough to get past that too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely, um, I have a lot of thoughts about that. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, um, if Polis is looking at the numbers and he is looking at hospitalizations and making certain calls, I'm, I'm trusting that he's making the right decision. Um, I do think it's easy to feel like we're being picked on as restaurants and maybe we are, I don't know. Um, I think ultimately, you know, and I've talked about this before and I don't know if everybody agrees with this and I know people are pretty pissed at Polis right now. And yes, I am pissed about little things. Um, you know, I think there are certain parts of this order that absolutely no sense. Um, I can't serve alcohol past eight o'clock, but I have diners here till nine o'clock outside in the greenhouses. Why take away that extra hour of revenue from me? Um, makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, but I personally, um, I think it comes from the federal government. I think the fact that the House has passed stimulus and a plan for restaurants um, or that we're included in and it has not been passed in the Senate is so infuriating. Um, and so for me, I look at the bigger picture. I look at where things are coming from. And yes, I understand people say states should have their own. That's a political decision. Um, in my mind, the fact that we are not getting guidance or assistance from our federal government is a bigger issue. Um, I just don't know how I feel like saying that restaurants are being picked on. I'm going to be totally honest, seating 25% inside, I didn't feel really comfortable. I wasn't sure I was making the right decision for my staff. Knock on wood, we've gotten through these past eight months without anybody getting sick. But, you know, I think we're just one of the, we're a ticking time bomb. It could happen to us at any time. So before this ordinance was made, I, we were definitely wondering if we wanted to keep doing indoor dining because um, things weren't feeling good. They weren't looking good. Um, we had this outdoor um, experience that we'd spent a lot of money and time on. And so we thought we were thinking, you know what? screw it. Let's just get outside. Our servers aren't comfortable. My servers aren't comfortable. Then I don't have a crew um, to run the restaurant. So I don't think I stand behind his decision. I don't think he made an easy choice. Um, but I, I do take um, issue with some of the ordinances that are included in this um, newest mandate. Yeah. And crying over spilt milk, that's going to get you nowhere. And, you know, people want to do the people want to wear masks people want, as a whole people just really want to do the right things nobody wants anybody unsafe nobody wants anybody yeah. sick nobody wants anybody dying but they also want the right to learn earn a living and take care of their employees and it gets really real i mean as you know i mean when you start to look at your bank account dwindle and you don't see any relief from the federal government in sight and you start to the, the proposition of getting into personal debt in order to save your um, you know, the property that you've worked so hard for your brand, that's, that's when it gets, that's when it gets really interesting and tough. And I say it time and time again, when restaurants and bars are outlawed, restaurant and bar owners become outlaws. And, right. you, you know, and I, and I know you, you know, you say, oh, there's a couple of things. I don't understand the alcohol thing, but there will be people that say, you know what, we're going to serve you. We're going to give you some drinks, you know, 
right. come after me across the board. But it, it's just that that little bit that that's the quicksand, the the slowly and slowly the erosion from that where it's just turning really great people into, you know, for, you got your liquor license to fear for. It's not easy yeah. to get a liquor license. And yeah. it's kind of like, wh wh where do we go from here? Now, we've been blessed in October and November. This is unseasonably warm weather. We had a taste of what those uh, dark days of winter will look like when it's dark at 430. We're expecting people to come out. But you have to staff. You have to you have to manage food and, and ordering and so many things that I wouldn't even want to look to do. What keeps you going? I mean, how is it? How is it? You have a, a it's like a city out there of greenhouses outside <laughs> of the Stanley. How is that? Is how is that operating? How is that working for you? Are you optimistic? I don't know. You know, I, I feel like um, there has been so many changes and every change is just put me in this crazy tailspin where I freak out and stay up all night, wringing my hands and wondering what's next. And honestly, this newest one, I'm like, you know what? Let's just do this weekend. Let's see what it feels like. Let's see what just greenhouses feel like. Let's see if people start to order more takeout. Um, can we piece it together before we furlough anybody? Um, let's, let's just do three services, which is or actually four, one tonight, two tomorrow, one on Sunday. And then take a moment, step back, see what we did in sales, see how much we're down um, and see who we can keep on. Um, and I mean, we're going to add delivery on next week so we can employ people that we have to furlough to drive food. I mean, it's you. I mean, you're constantly thinking of everybody else and everything. Um, and it's exhausting, but I don't know. I mean, we've made it this far and I'm not willing to just give up quite yet. Mm -mm. Um, no. I think what's in the back of my mind is without any extra stimulus, you know, this is very different than March than the March shutdown. Um, people are exhausted. People are depressed. Um, people are running out of money. There isn't the extra $600 a week that people were getting. So I'm very nervous about um, the economy the willingness that people have to spend, you know, their money on something like dining out. I think that those things are looming pretty heavily for me right now. Shouldn't, I mean, restaurants are the lifelines of our community. They're just in the fabric. They keep us all together. There needs to be a certain emphasis on just like, and, the, and that's where it gets just really frustrating because as we go, okay, well, we're not going to get that help from the federal government anytime soon. We don't see it. So what can we do together? And we, it's like, okay, let's get creative. Let's use social media. Let's do initiatives. But at the end of the day, how is the diner and the customer? Do you, are you seeing fatigue on them right now? At the beginning of March, it was like hundred percent tips. Oh, yeah. You are, what are you seeing? Yeah. No, I mean, we haven't seen it yet necessarily, but incredible job of um, supporting restaurants. I mean, we we have had lots of closures, but I, I think we look different than a lot of other big cities. Um, I think that the diner has rallied and they want to see us, but I don't think it's, you know, I, it's hard to put it all on them, right? Um, I feel like, you know, a lot of our messaging has been um, to the diner, to the guests. And I don't know how much longer we can keep pushing that, you know? Um, so I, I definitely think that there's a turn of narrative. I don't know what it is. I just think 
this this shutdown feels and looks a lot darker to me than March. And I feel like March was, you know, obviously just a shock and everybody was like, what the fuck? But this is now like people are exhausted and people haven't had jobs. And I mean, I just think we're about to go into a pretty dark period. Mm -hmm. I, 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 listen, I'd love to disagree with you. I, I think I'm right there with you and other <laughs> other folks are, too. It's terribly desperate. It's a desperate feeling, you know. Um, you're, you're happily married, but when you're dating and you're, you're desperate, you don't get a date. So I don't know how restaurants are going to get people to come in and dine with them when they're feeling desperate and scrambling. That's why I want to just narrow the narrative, right? Help out when you can direct guided light into one area, you can cut like a diamond and just yeah. working in all of these different directions. So Chef Joss Nuremberg, he said the one thing that keeps him up at night is his indoor dining. He just doesn't feel that it's safe uh, for his employees. And this is somewhere, someone who uh, COVID did take a toll on his business and his employees as well. And it was brought in from the outside. Uh, we do ask the, the wait staff to, they're unprotected. <laughs> you know, there's very right. few businesses that you ask, okay, go uh, wait on these people over here and the, the, you're going to protect them, but they're not going to protect you. And, and then to have them show up day and day and to have mixed messages and then to rely on you to motivate them. It's exhausting to keep that up. But the indoor dining for Josh was one of those identifiers where he's like, you know what? That's not what I want to concentrate on right now. I get the dining room all polished up. Um, it's ready to go. I've got it staffed for service. And then maybe, you know, a couple of covers because the consensus out there through media dissemination and politicians and bureaucrats is that it's not safe to dine in. They have a variance there in Grand Junction. They should right. be in, in red, but he can work at 50% capacity and he doesn't want to. Yeah, no, I think Colin told me about that. And I was like, tell me how that works. Um, it's pretty, I mean, I, I have learned more about politics than I've ever wanted to learn in the past eight months. I'll just put it that way. You must be calling your dad a lot. <laughs> what is this, dad? Uh, oh my God. I know. So, so what is that? What is that one or two things that the concentration should be there? And I think that the collective you know, your social media or, you know, our social media and our reach, it's only so big, but the collective reach of uh, Colorado, Colorado restaurant owners, if we can just get a lot of people on board for one message, what would that message be to you as I take notes? I mean, I've been shouting it since day one, and I know that this is not necessarily community, but it's the federal government. It's to get a fucking plan in place get us help, get us stimulus, get us a package, get us a plan so we can have an economy when the shit shows over. Um, I, I, the power of reaching out to your government officials, I have also learned in the last eight months is actually pretty strong. I mean, it's pretty powerful because um, I don't have another answer. I mean, I think diners are fatigued. We're going to do everything in our power. You know, we started doing cold soups today. So I'm like, okay, what would I want if I were at home? You know, I'd want a really dank soup to heat up that's only going to get so far right like it's all these little band-aids that i feel like we just keep putting on everything like we'll we'll offer tons of stuff we'll try to keep people engaged but at the end of the day we don't have a plan there's no plan as a country right now um and we are getting annihilated by this virus um i love the dank soup <laughs> 
dang soup. You said burgers are skyrocketing. You never thought that burgers would be one of the most popular things on your menu, right? There it is, burgers. Yeah. I see you shake your head there. Um, I have a ticket full of burgers for tonight. So. <laughs> you are now um, burgers. Okay. So what what is food like? What is food like to bring it outside? What What's it like to you right now? Your menu, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, our menu is, it's kind of stayed steady throughout the, the summer. We we really dialed in what we felt comfortable doing in-house or out, out-house, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> out-house, um, whatever you want to call it, this new dining adventure we're going into. Um, but, you know, I everything that we do here, I think, translates really well to go, not something I would ever think about. Um, you know, the menu is pretty small um, because it's what we feel comfortable doing um lots of small share plates and then i think that i'm just going to really start digging into what people want at home what can people afford mm -hmm. um what what can we make um that will benefit um somebody in their winter night at home depressed <laughs> i mean i think we're just trying to start thinking about things in a different way again and um you know i think everybody's gonna have to start doing that mm -hmm. i think it's a it's a hurry up and wait, a race to a vaccine. And then, you know, hopefully that that's, yeah. that's a good thing for everybody too. It's a whole nother can of worms, but I'll tell you this, oh chef, I'll tell you this right now. Um, there will be another side to this, the other side to this. And I cannot wait to see you flourish in the app, in the atmosphere that you strive in. And there will be full dinner service again you will be getting your creative juices going again and and last time i talked to you i said how do you keep that creative and you said well listen when i feel it i go with it <laughs> that's what needs to happen yeah. because it probably comes uh, you know seldom at this point in time so when you get that creativity and you can start to flex that food muscle that you have that's what i can't wait to see you get back into that's where you thrive that's where you do best work Yes, I, I look forward to the day that we're not working on greenhouses or building yurts or writing representatives or calling our Congress people. I, I look forward to the day that I used to put my head down and work. Um, and that day when it comes, it's going to feel really fucking easy. Yeah. So <laughs> I know you'll be like feather feet, you know, you'll I be know. floating around like Yoda. <laughs> Ooh, stay centered. Keep loving. Uh, keep giving out as much as you can. I know that you do. Um, Thanksgiving's coming up here. A message to your other folks in the industry. They like to tune into this show. Uh, what do you got for them, Chef? I mean, stay in, stay home for Thanksgiving. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> um, don't go out and congregate. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I'm a pretty pessimistic person. And I, I know that there's light on the other side of this. I know, I know that we're going to come out of it. Um, so I, I know from experience and from some of my employees, um, we are dealing with depression um, uh, really bad. I have a, a couple of people who are, are really in, in a hole. And so um, I just encourage people who may be in that same spot, um, hang in there, um, find people to talk to. This is not the end. Um, there, There's going to be brighter days for sure. Yeah, literally, as people reach out to me, I fear for the exact same thing that you said. I had a um, chef owner contact me late at night and said, I'm not going to lie. My family's asleep. I'm in despair. I'm drinking right now. I'm turning to alcohol. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. It's a dark time right now. And the one thing that keeps us motivated is hearing from other people, hearing what they're doing, connecting through the modern eater. And I go, geez, that's, 
that's quite the responsibility, but we're happy to take it on just to keep people connected. It's tough times right now. Yeah, I mean, y'all have an important job right now. And I think, you know, people are tuning in and, and people need it. Um, they need to hear from other people. They need to hear that they're not alone. And, uh, and I, I think, you know, you can hear it from other people, but if I'm one more voice that adds to that, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all in this right now. And it's always darkest before the dawn, right? I mean, every cliche comes out, but a lot of them ring true. And this, this yeah. is, this is the time. This is where the darkness is at. I guarantee we'll be, we'll be through that other side. It's like, just hang on, just hang on as much as yeah. you can. We love you, chef. We'll see you soon. And uh, I want some dank soup ASAP. (laughs) We'll get you some. (laughs) Rock on. There she is, Chef Caroline Glover. And that's a scratch table. Thanks so much. Appreciate your time. Yeah, there she is. This is Jay last night. So I'm just, just venting on my Facebook page, my personal page. And she chimed in with um, just this. Hmm. This is Carolina did that? <laughs> yeah. I go, oh, no, am I in trouble? Am I in trouble? <laughs> uh, Rebecca Berry, she says, uh, Caroline, you are a gem. She is a gem, but you are too, Rebecca. You do a great job. You keep a, people connected and, and just, um, you know, regardless of the conversation, again, right now what we're trying to do and figure out today is it's a Friday and the restrictions go into place and a lot of them are so confusing and most you're just like, you know, I just want to give this the half a peace sign, right? Throw it the bird. Uh, restaurants may re- remain open for takeout delivery and outdoor dining. Parties outside should be limited to your single household. Like, oh, and, you know, that's just yeah, it's arbitrary. Yeah. Uh, last call at 8 p.m., previously 10 p.m. Alcohol until 10 p.m. Um... Last call at eight. Was, so, what's the difference between last call and to go? Alcohol to oh. go at t- till ten oh, okay. p.m. Delivery till two a.m. Food delivery till two a.m. That's interesting. And uh, last thirty days with a potential extension. Now, we've looked at the list. The closings are big. Just and it's gonna, it's just going to get added to right. It's going to get added to. We will continue. I want to encourage you that, uh, again, the one thing that's consistent right now is to talk, to get it out of you. Don't hold it in. You want to reach out to me, you can do that. Facebook, if we're, if we're personal Facebook friends or not, through uh, the Modern Eater, our, our DMs, Instagram, uh, greg at themoderneater.com. You can email me directly. You can send me a video. Chef not, uh, Josh Nuremberg did that exact same thing. But next week, what's up, brother? We're going to have some good programming for you next week. Uh, Chef Jesus Silva, he's standing by. We'll be back in a flash right here. The Modern Eater Show continues. Hi, I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms. And I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching The Modern Eater Show. Hey, Zach Ryder here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado, your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, let me try it one more time. We'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. <laughs> First, we partner with the best farmers in the world 
and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful, all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey, Modern Eater fans. I'm Don Trouble with The Annex by Art at Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of, of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado as the Modern Eater show continues. We're trying to navigate and weave through all the confusion. Um, just a dark time right now. And we're trying to figure this out together. Uh, collectively just been let down by so many people politicians and bureaucrats and oh right now it just seems like all we have is us our family you know Colorado what a wonderful state Denver the front range just a lot of great people and as I, you know I say time and time again as restaurants and bars become outlawed restaurant and bar owners will become outlaws so uh to chef Jesusia Silva momentarily but I have to tell you about uh, Jeff Rourke and A plus beverage solutions right what does Jeff Rourke does well other than being a family man and he's uh he has four daughters and a wife he's got his hands full but he also wants to fix up your tap lines or put in a brand new install Monarch Casino that's just opened up uh, put if Jeff Rourke did a great job with that. The list goes on and on though. Brews, beers, punch bowl socials, tap 14, anywhere that you go in and you see a wonderful tap system that's pouring delicious beer, chances are Jeff Rourke did that for you. If you're pouring inefficient beer, Jay, you are pouring your money down the drain. Don't pour your money down the drain. It's just a simple phone call away. Jeff Rourke at 720-272-3809. One more time. 720-272-3809. It's Jeff Rourke and A-plus Beverage Solutions. That's pretty cool, Jay. Ah, I mean, I just, a little, little, uh, yeah. Thanks. Hey, Zeus, uh, welcome back what's to the up? Modern Eater Show. What's up? What's up? How are you, Chef? Excellent, brother. How are you guys doing? <laughs> We're not doing bad either. We're trying to figure this all out. We have a poll that's out there right now. We want people to answer it. Do you feel like the restaurant industry has a united voice? Yes, at 28%. And no, at 72%. So this isn't a CRA thing. This isn't an Eat Denver thing. This, isn't a, this is not a knock on anybody. It's just that like, how do we overcome the messaging that restaurants are unsafe, right? Now, you've gone through the gamut, Jesusio. So at Broadway <laughs> Market, Broadway Market's shut down right now, right? Yes, we closed um, in the beginning of October, I guess. Beginning of October. Uh, yeah, well, mid-October, actually. With the idea of um, a reopen in March. 
March, April maybe. Um, what we were looking at was uh, the market has to be a whole experience and uh, we cannot give our customers of the full experience because of all the restrictions we have and, you know, um, we decided to close and, and be ready for the next summer, I guess. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. All depends what happened, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in March, the initial first right. round of uh, shutdowns was, you know, just uncertainty and people kind of got hot, the endorphins, they got high off of the, well, we're in this together. We don't know what's next. We're going to get help from the federal government. Here comes some PPP money. Things are going, we don't have coronavirus yet, but now, all right, we've had a little time to deal with this virus. You actually contracted the virus and uh, your wife as well. So you're looking at it from every single perspective. Like, you know, is it safe? I got it. It kicked my ass. I've got an elderly. My mother lives with me at home. I don't want her to get that. Like you're considering everything at this point in time. Money, finances, family. Go ahead. It was crazy, man, because... First, um, I have one of my guys uh, show symptoms and I send him home and I tell him, hey, you need to uh, go home, get tested. And when you get tested, come back because, you know, you don't know. Then he sent he sent me the positive results. And then I have to send everybody home. That was on uh, Friday. Uh, we supposed to have our last uh, service on fr- on Saturday, so that was Friday morning. I sent everybody home and like everybody needs to get tests. Claudio get uh, one of my guys get uh, positive. Everybody has to get tests, and I'm sorry, but this uh, we need to close right now. We we cannot be operating because already our team was very small, small right? So we all working together next to each other. So. At that point, that was a crazy part because um, I tell my wife, so we all get try to go get tests, and it takes forever to find a place where we can get tests. And uh, it was just ridiculous. We cannot find a place right away. Like everybody was talking about, like you need to make an appointment. So today is Friday. Next text test available going to be on Tuesday and he's like this doesn't make any sense how do you know if you already had it like okay let me go work for the next four days and Tuesday I go uh, test or what was the deal now right nobody has this um, easy way to find out or you know it's not even test available so yeah that was really bad and uh, then I get test positive and uh we go through the through the sickness. This thing is ridiculous, man. It's, it really really takes takes a lot of out of you, and it's very bad. It's very bad. Smacked um, you around. Your wife got it too. Je- yeah, my wife. And the worst part was like we were so worried about my mom because my mom is seventy three years old and she lived with us, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we are worried, like, oh man, how is that gonna be for my mom? Well, she's so fucking strong that she only t- she only go with that thing for like two days and then she's feeling very good. <laughs> Isn't that something? That's something. Yeah, but you know, I mean, still like it's, that's still really bad, yeah, you know. Every person uh, this, is different. Yeah, this thing is very serious, man. Uh, it, the 
the symptoms are really bad, man. Like they kick your ass really bad. So yeah, chef. But yeah, chef. here we back and keep trying. Yeah, Chef Josh Nuremberg. This guy, he said, "Hey, you haven't heard from me in a couple of months, and that's not because I haven't w- wanted to." He's like, "It just took my bearings away from me. I couldn't think. I couldn't formulate sentences. Um, I I just ached. Uh, I my motivation. It seems like a little depression kicked in. I couldn't get a just a coherent thought in my head." to formulate anything to where I would want to talk about anything. And he says, now I'm coming back around a little bit. I've got those symptoms. I said to him, Hey, boy, that sounds like my every day. You know, <laughs> it sounds like how I feel all the time with the brain cloud, but it, it is a real thing. It is something that can't be taken lightly, but at the same time, right. we're always, we, we have to ask the question as we see, the lists and lists of businesses that closed down, of livelihoods, people not being able to make money, food security insecurity getting worse and worse, to where a lot of people are begging the question that is is treating the symptoms of this and and what we're doing is that is that more deadly than the virus itself shutting down all of the things? What's what's more deadly? I think you've got a great opinion on that. Well, it's it's uh it's complicated, right? Because uh, it's 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 just a lot more people getting infected, right? And uh, restaurants, not just the restaurants. I mean, you talk about the hey, hang on, just a second, Jay's reconnecting a a cable here. You find yourself fighting with customers that are they're coming from like let's say used to say Wyoming and they have a different rule and they they think uh no wearing a mask is okay or they think uh they can be in a group of like twenty people and you're like, Come on guys, like you know, and I think that's that's one of the biggest problems we have is we don't have a real uh plan and I'm talking about the federal uh, uh, the federal point where the whole country should be going in the one direction. And we're all going in many different directions. That's why at the end everybody everybody do whatever is better for them and and you know you ask like why it feels like we're not united. It's not about the restaurants don't we're not united to each other. We're not trying to do to go in one direction is everybody's just trying to do whatever is better for everybody right mm-hmm. people is not thinking about who is right next to you or who is uh, who's getting affected for all these crazy mm-hmm. things yeah the messaging is tough the messaging when you hear i mean basically when when you get a mandate that says we're shutting down indoor dining you're you're saying it's not safe to go eat at a restaurant and i mean listen i mean i not use a restaurant man it's not safe to go to the airport it's not safe to it's not safe probably to do that big party uh, for thanksgiving but we need to um realize that all these things are are real and when we accept it then we can attack it otherwise if we keep denying it, it's like we're an alcoholic and we live in denying and we cannot fix anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, you I mean you're absolutely right. 
as we look to the future, and I think that, I mean, it's just very apparent that we're in a holding pattern, uh, hurry up and wait. Uh, people are waiting for a vaccine. People are waiting for federal assistance. The state's doing what they can on their end. I, I mean, I like Governor Polis as a whole. I think he's a very thoughtful guy. A lot of people think, you know, choosing favorites, um, that that's a difficult thing. The, the confusion is overwhelming, but the support within it, it's us. How do, we, how do we stay together? You know, how do you get on the other side of this to where people will actually not, you know, somebody that may work for you today probably will be in an Amazon facility, you know, or, right? or at a Walmart or, you know, it's like, I need to go where there's stability. How do, how do you create the stability within the service industry right now? And, and brother, don't forget, even before this happened, a lot of our, our co-workers were jumping into driving an Uber or doing these other things because we already were suffering, suffering before the pandemic. We we're already having problems in our industry. So right now, this just accentuate the whole, the whole thing, right? They just make it just almost impossible for a lot of people. Truly is. Um, what, there's one thing that just fascinates me about um, guys like you, and I'd love to say that you broke the mold. You really have, but there's there's others, uh, restaurant <laughs> owners and chefs that when, when when it's at its darkest time, and this is probably what gets you through, is to just continually give, to give back. Uh, this week, coming up on Thanksgiving, Chef, uh, you're doing some pretty fascinating things. Do you mind if I ask you about that? Because you're creating some meals for folks that um, wouldn't otherwise probably have some. Yeah, I'm helping uh, Tosh cook. Um, he's doing, he put together a big event where uh, we helping him to cook uh, food for something like 1,800 people Ooh. on Thanksgiving. And, um, and I'm, I'm doing another 3,000 meals for uh, a Mars Shaker put together this uh, thing where we're cooking for 3,000 people. Yeah, 3,000 people. It's 600 kids of five, uh, five people. Five people can eat of each kid, and this, we're doing 600. So by Wednesday, by Thursday, uh, we tr we're trying to feed 4,800 people, something like that. <laughs> Yeah, man. Okay, so you got some work to do now. Jay and myself, we're gonna try and meet you down there Wednesday. We'll be all people. We'll have yeah. the we'll have the protection on, and and we're just there to ha help out. Have some have some clean hands for you, and um, and do a little bit of a video as well. I I mean, you're doing the work that that is really needed right now, and and instead of taking this time off, and and I know you have a lovely family. That I'm sure you like to be spending that time with but your natural inclination is let's go feed some people that's pretty cool well stuff. again I'm, I'm helping i helping tosh and who is the one that organizing all this and i and i work in i mean i trying to help mark what his vision is right mark shaker um he just he tried to put back uh try to help the community and i'm just there for whatever he needs and i'm i will if you tell me to cook 5,000, I go and cook for 5,000. I'm just there to make it happen. I love you, brother. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you're well. Um, say hello to your wife and uh, keep kicking, man. Keep doing what you do. 
Thank you, brothers. And see you guys on Wednesday. Yep. See you Wednesday. There he is. All right. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah, he's one of the best, huh? Chef Jesus Silva. Absolutely love Chef Jesus Silva. And I had a pretty good conversation with him before today during a connection test as it you know which meant nothing but um we talked uh, you know for half an hour about just what he's doing and some of the pros and cons and we let the f-bombs fly and we had just had a good chef to you know want to be conversation all this technology must drive you nuts right oh yesterday was pretty difficult too with I mean, you it know, <laughs> you brought it up and we're getting uh, um, Dragon Redbeard is coming up and you may be thinking, well, what the hell's Dragon, Who's Dragon Redbeard? Redbeard? Right, right. And yeah. it's like, well, you're going to have to stay tuned to, to see why, who he is and why he's on and everything else. I'm excited about this. I'm super excited about it. But if I can just take two, two yeah. seconds to get something out of me so it doesn't explode while I'm over Whoa. here. Yeah. Is, you know, <laughs> I got the wires. Everything's good. And then, you know, just at the, at, the, at, the, yeah. at the right time, the universe goes, hey, listen, let's test your sanity yeah. and, and we'll do this. So, you know, when the when the bartender hates you comes back as a segment, you know, if and oh, when it's on the coming back, right? We need um, some humor. I'm, we may uh, we, we may have to look into a uh, te- why uh, why 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 you hate technology segment, you know, and we'll bring people uh, on and talk the, about the yeah. random, you know, I plugged in my, you know, you're the Bermuda plug- Triangle of technology, in. man. You I know, mean, that's tr- right. You truly. You know that's right. When you came back, Greg Greg came back here earlier before the show, and he came back here and goes, "Hey, can you click on something?" I clicked on it. Everything went crazy and exploded. He turned back around and walked away. He goes, "Yeah, never." He goes, "I got to get away from you." Yeah, that's the truth, man. Dragon Redbeard. So Dragon Redbeard and I were colleagues at iHeartRadio. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Dragon is just one of these guys. You want to talk about technology? He's good with it. He's good with technology. Uh, he, he's, uh, I did a test with him too, and it was clear. He, you know, you'll clear see. But clear as clear yeah. as a bell, man. Uh, Dragon has um, so many victims of COVID, right? So to, COVID pulled him out of his dream job, uh, and he was left with a lot of what we are left with. When you get stripped down and everything taken away from you, whether it's your job or your family or or your business, or what, at the end of the day, you're left with yourself. And you go, oh, my God, I concentrated on all of these other things. Here's myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, Dragon, well, I'll let you see. Uh, Dragon's a cool dude. He is Dragon Redbeard, also known as uh, his real name, Brad Williams. Mm-hmm. Not the comic. Not the comedian. Uh, Brad Williams, Dragon Redbeard, is up next on the Modern Eater Show. Stick around for this. Hi, I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms, and I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater Show. (laughs) Hey, Zach Ryder here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado, your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, Let me try it one more time, then we'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. (laughs) First, we partner with the best farmers in the world, and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful all so that you can get back to doing what you do best, 
So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey, Modern Eater fans. I'm Don Trouble with The Annex by Art at Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of, of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show. Back to the show in just a second. And you just heard from Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking and AspenBaking.com. And I'll tell you what, it's the holidays. Can you smell the bread? Can you smell that bread, the fresh sourdough? Listen, Aspen Baking Company, AspenBaking.com, has been baking the freshest bread in the world since 1994. They've got over 700 local people that they deliver bread to, and they deliver bread fresh daily. Amazon Fresh. Go to Amazon Fresh. If you need holiday food, you don't want to run out, You know, let Amazon do it, and you'll find Aspen Baking on Amazon Fresh. Bring it to your house. Chefs, if you need bread for whatever you're doing and you can't bake it, you don't have the time, you don't have the wherewithal, AspenBaking.com is where you go. Bear Claws, Lobster Rolls, Pound Cakes, uh, my favorite new ones, Sticky Buns. It's whatever you need. It's Aspen Baking. If you're a bread lover, you will thank me. Greg Talk to Dragon Redbeard. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Hey, Dragon, good to see you. Welcome back. Or hey, welcome, buddy. Welcome, yeah, hey, buddy. Welcome to the show, man. Can you see Thank me? you, good sir. Do you see me or do you see Jay? I see Jay's lovely face, but that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. Um, Dragon Redbeard. I want to give you an introduction. I said I did give you an introduction. Um, you are somebody as a colleague of mine. Uh, we both worked at iHeartRadio. I just think the world of you and especially oh, what you. you've done. We thought it'd be very appropriate to bring you in after a bread commercial because we know how much you would love a piece of bread right now. You know, being carb friendly or uh, carb negative or whatever the thing is right now, I'm, I'm trying to cut out all the carbs so I can lose a little bit of weight. Um, unfortunately, over the past, I don't know, eight, nine, ten months, however, I've I've ballooned myself up to over 350 pounds and at my height, that's, that's not, not a pleasant thing to be. So yeah. Thanks for showing off the bread. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so you are, it would look like you are in an empty gym. I'm guessing that's a zoom screen behind you. No, it's my basement. I just finished pumping some iron. <laughs> no, yeah. It's a, I thought I'd be a little bit funny and yeah, try and show up. The beard, the beard is looking exceptionally good today. It looks like you treated it. Oh, thank you. I gave it a little trim, turned the sides down, did a little wizard look, you know, thought I'd look good for the modern year show. As uh, in, in your realm, uh, especially if you ever listen to mornings with uh, Rick Lewis or um, any other show that was on iHeartRadio. I want to just tell your story from the beginning there, Dragon. Introduce yourself to our audience that may not be familiar with who you are. Right. So we both know that we worked in the radio industry for a long time. And 
as everything has happened this year, unfortunately, some decisions had to be made business-wise to furlough some employees. So being in the industry that we are and disappearing from that platform for so long is bad. And, you know, the worst thing that you and I can be is forgotten. So I knew I needed to do something to stay relevant. So I started out almost from day one, uh, a plan that I I brought up called uh, 90 Days, 90 Hobbies. So my goal was to do 90 hobbies in 90 days, a new hobby every day. What were some of those hobbies? Oh, my goodness. From, you know, learning how to roller skate to snowboarding down a hill to (laughs) juggling to yo-yoing, you name it. I even painted, you know, paint by numbers, did drawing, wrote with my left hand instead of my right, you know, it, it, and it was a lot of fun. I got a lot of suggestions, but unfortunately over that 90 days, your boy started to balloon up a little bit. As I said, I came very doggone close to 350 pounds and at five foot 11, that's, that's not healthy, man. Mm-mm-mm. So I got the call and say my furlough would be extended. And, you know, I, I understand that's the way things are going. So I knew I needed to do something because I was watching those last videos and here I am. I'm just big and I didn't like it. Even my three and my four X shirts were starting to get a little tight on me. So I was like, okay. So I wanted to do 90 days, 90 pounds. So I got a lot of hate in the beginning because, hey, bro, you can't lose 90 pounds in 90 days. That's dangerous. I know that's more the goal. And I try to stick with the name 90 days, 90 hobbies, 90 days, 90 pounds. So I just wanted to stick with that flow. And well, I started the 90 days, 90 pounds on July 6th at 346.8 pounds. At Wait, what was that my, again? What was that? Yeah, 346 pounds, 346.8, if you want to be absolutely perfect. Uh-huh. And October 4th, when that 90 days ended, I had lost 62 pounds. Unbelievable. So pretty amazing. And I knew I wanted to keep going because for a guy my height, like I said, I should probably be under 200, maybe even in the in the 180s. So I needed to keep going. So more than 90 came up. So more than 90 days, more than 90 pounds, whatever the goal may be, yeah. I kept going. And as of today, I'm about 138 days, 139. I, I lose track after so long. Mm-hmm. But currently, I weigh 259 pounds. That is 87 pounds down. Rock and roll. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, there's a thing, and, and and I think a lot of people can identify with like, okay, COVID, I'm in. I'm, it's like, now I'm left with myself. What do I like about myself? What don't I like about myself? What do I need to address? What, what's just, what do I need to enhance? And for you, you're like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And you put yourself out there. I think this is fantastic. So here's what I would encourage people to do. Go to Instagram. This is this, this is where it's at. Instagram <laughs> at Dragon Redbeard. OK, at Dragon Redbeard. What I want to do, I'm, I'm scrolling your Instagram right now. And it's amazing just yeah. seeing the transformation. You look like a whole different person and you you're, <laughs> you're carry yourself different as well. Just uh, totally. Uh, so I want to see if can you get the audio on this, Jay? Let's see. Can you grab that audio? It should be grabbed should be grabbed i got no audio going oh dang it here's something yeah just not dragons video 
Uh, okay, so I'm going to play the background of a couple of these, but you look forward and you put, so 324, that's where you're at right now, or that's where you were then. Um, 346 when I first started, yeah. So as you look at this video, your thing was like, nobody wants to sit there and watch me work out for right. an hour straight. So describe it because we're showing it right now. This is what you're doing. This is intense. Right. So I, I figured I'd set up the workout that I was going to do, do the workout and I'd do a time lapse because, yeah, it's an hour. Nobody wants nobody's got time for that. So I'll time lapse it down to about 20 or 30 seconds and then do my reaction after I worked out. And the beginning first, oh, I don't know, 90 plus videos. It's just terrible. I hated working. It was just bad. I'm so exhausted. I'm hurt. I'm crawling to the camera to try and record the last little segment. But, you know, so many people could relate. I mean, I've got Instagram followers, uh, Twitter followers, Facebook followers. Even I did, uh, I started posting to Reddit. I have a subreddit there. They have a, the exercise program that I use is P90X. And I, I stumbled upon that because my uncle had actually stumbled upon it. number 23. Ah, I, oh, I got the audio. Week, so. I got the, okay, so this is, this is good. This is good. I'm glad I got the audio on this. This is an idea of what it looks like. This is 90 days, 90 pounds. Day number 23. Again, it's the shake-up week, so we're going to do something brand new. I haven't done this one before. I'm excited to figure out what the heck it is. Core synergistics? Synergistics? Something along those kind of lines. Uh, sounds like abs. So this ought to be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, I mean, spoiler alert, it wasn't. <laughs> so, if in fast forward, it, it's, it actually has that funny value to it, you know, because here's this guy rolling around on the floor in, in fast motion, arms up and down, <laughs> left and right. Yeah, yeah. But putting yourself out there, that's not an easy thing. But having this documented of your progress. Uh, this so this was day twenty three in. Do you, you, know, you probably don't remember exactly, but you show your weight. I love how you take a picture of the scale three fourteen. I want to get down to, into the two hundreds and just look at your change throughout this, um, and truly motivating others through a time where motivation is so much needed. And just pages every every one of these videos represents a day in your life <laughs> and represents yes. a workout to you. I mean, they're very near and dear to you. But also, I got to admit to you, Dragon, hmm. I don't miss a day. I, I mean, I grab, my, I, <laughs> no gra kidding. I grab my motivation from you. And your 90 days were open. Here's one. This is more than 90. Day number 23. Dynamics. Again, we just did that on Sunday. But I'm just following the schedule. So let's do it. Look at you. Just a whole different person. Now, I asked you, Dragon, I said, well, you must feel much better. You got to be just, you know, full of strength and running around. Your answer to me was just his goal. What's your answer to feeling great? I can barely hear you, Greg. I got a video playing. In the back. There it is. No problem. I said, I asked you the question. I said, Dragon, you must feel great, limber, uh, strong. Your strength is there. You probably feel like you could climb a mountain. You said to me, how do you feel, Dragon? I absolutely <laughs> Love this question because uh, I get to give my honest reaction and say, no, I feel terrible. I'm sore all the time. I'm tired. If it's not my arms that are sore, it's my abs that are yeah. sore. If it's not my abs, it's my legs. And it's just a vicious cycle goes from one muscle group to the next. But the good news is I've started at like 10 and 15 pound weights. Today, yeah. I was dealing with my 30s. So thing, I, I am getting stronger. Things are good, but 
I'm sore. No, I actually, I actually do feel really good. I'm, being good. able to walk up and down a flight of stairs without panting and stopping is fantastic. Now, I'm good at kind of what you're doing. It's where you just go extreme. I'm going extreme, right? I'm going to do this. How are yeah. you? What are you learning from this that you can take into your life to make this a sustainable lifestyle to where you can actually partake in some of the foods that you enjoy and that you're, you're at a comfortable weight that makes you feel good and happy? You know, you want to keep yourself accountable, which is why I, I put everything out there online on all the YouTube channels, the Facebooks, Twitters, TikToks, Instagram. You just you put that out there and make yourself accountable and make sure that people are there, even if it's one person watching you like you. And you, you mentioned one day, hey, you're not there. You know, then then that keeps you motivated to keep working as for foods and stuff. You got to modify a little bit as I'm doing the low carb diet. But, you know, it. It, it hurts in the beginning. You're just like, oh, man, I miss bread. I miss pasta. I miss chips. But once you start seeing those fantastic results, it's like, OK, I, I can get used to this. This this is OK. I'm, I'm good now. And you just start modifying things. You mm -hmm. figure out new ways to do things. Um, one of the things that I like now, because I miss sandwiches. Yeah. My, my family has been in the sandwich <laughs> business for 30 years. Uh -huh. And so you just change up what the bread is. And I had found out online that, that they have these really cool things called chaffles, cheese waffles. So you just take cheese and egg, put it in a waffle iron, smash that up, and it turns out to a little slice of bread and put your sandwich in between that and you're good to go. That sandwich craving is good. I know. Accountability, change <laughs> it up. You also introduced yourself to some new things that you didn't know you would like, but roasted, ve roasted vegetables. Wow. Right. Right. Who would have thought, you know, like broccoli, carrots, onions, garlic, uh, Brussels sprouts, just a little bit of oil, olive oil, salt, pepper, and then roast it for 45 minutes is delicious goodness. Who knew? Hey, uh, yeah. I want to jump Jay. in with a, an analogy yeah. and, and uh, dragon. You can probably appreciate this. Uh, Javi from Chaluna Brewing. Oh, is this what when we said? were yeah. when we were in a conversation because I went through a weight loss thing too and everything and we were talking mm -hmm. to Javi and Javi put it like this when when somebody's like, "Well, don't you miss this?" and you know, you can't eat cake and all and and Javi says, you know, "Yes, obviously to all that." He says, "But you know what?" He says, "This feels better than that tastes." And that yes. that analogy always stuck it's with me as I one. went through my weight loss mm -hmm. to where it's like, you know what? Uh, I would rather be able to put my shoes on without sitting down versus <laughs> holding your breath versus, yeah, versus having another quesadilla yeah. uh, for breakfast. You know? <laughs> for sure. Um, so dragon, you know, motivation mm -hmm. is one thing and accountability. And, and again, you just look great. I got to give you the attaboy just every time Thank I can. Um, but there were some times where you have doubted yourself. And um, the one of the in particular that stands out in my mind that you told me was when you were going to go to Vegas for your anniversary. And there was something that was very indelible to you. And it's actually something that you utilize today in order to get you through those tough times. Right. I'm, I'm going to steal it from somebody who gave it to me. But uh, I, I knew that in the middle of my program, in the, in the first 90 days, that around 50 or so was going to be my and my wife's anniversary. We were going to go to Vegas. And I was like, well, do I work out? And I, I asked all of my followers on, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. I was like, well, what do I do here? Do I take the break? I know me. I've lived with me. I knew if I took a break that I might not start up again. So a lot of people said, hey, yeah, you should keep going. You should keep going. But one quote uh, stood out to me. The guy said, hey, if you do it on vacation, no excuse will be good enough moving forward. And, th and that, that made complete sense. If, 
I'm on vacation. I'm here with the anniversary with my wife. And if I exercise, nothing should stop me moving forward. I, I knew I, that was it. That was it. That was what I, that's what I needed to hear at that time. Mm-hmm. So there is no excuse that should make me stop working out now on a daily basis. Mm, mm. And it's a transfer. I know I can, because I know you dragon is, you, you know, your head change. You don't smoke weed. You don't drink. You nope. don't, no. you don't smoke cigarettes. You really don't have food was kind of your thing, right? I mean, food, food was the vice. Yeah. Junk food, lo- just lots of food, not always just junk food, just lots of it. <laughs> so now how does your, your toughness, your wherewithal, your conviction, how does something like this translate into other aspects of your life for aspirations that you have coming up? It just goes to show that, that if, if you don't quit at this and you put your all into this, why not everything else? Yeah. So if, if you're going to go, you know, rake the, the yard or shovel the snow or, you know, do whatever job, you know, be a parent, you know, th- that you put your all into one thing, you're more, more than capable of putting your all into everything. Yeah take those skills now i'm looking at this killer beanie you have on and these t-shirts i love your personal brand dragon red beard you can never cut the beard again it's actually coming into its own nicely there Uh, yeah absolutely how did you get first of all how'd you get the nickname dragon uh, in the industry that we worked in, you know, I, uh, first I was going to school for the industry and they said, you know, yeah, if you're going to get an internship, you're going to get a job, you need to treat that as a professional business. So I was like, okay. So my first day at my internship, I did the whole nine yards, the, the jacket, the vest, the tie, the shiny shoes, the pants, everything. But unfortunately, my internship was a morning rock show, a hard rock show. So the boss there <laughs> literally said after my first yeah, day. Yeah, you could say who it is, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. He, he told me, he's like, hey, if you ever dress like this again, I will effing fire you. <laughs> and he didn't censor himself like I yeah. do and I'm used to uh-huh. doing. But I was like, okay. But it's a, it's a morning show. So the next morning, you know, we get up and I'm, it's like four o'clock in the morning and I'm just reaching into the closet. And I, I grab any, any ordinary T-shirt that I had. It just happened to have a giant dragon on it. And in our industry, you know, you happen to have nicknames. Mm-hmm. It's just who you are. Yeah. There's, there's hardly anybody that uses a real name. That's in, right. In what it was. So he saw the shirt and said, dragon. So it turns out my name was dragon. And of course, the, the red beard grew in. And over time, the dragon red beard. So I'll tell you. That. I'll tell you how I got my nickname, um, the Sheikah Cherry Creek. I, I've never heard this story. I <laughs> would have, love to hear it. Well, first of all, I want to say that you can wear that beanie and those T-shirts as well. Dragon, where do people go to uh, support you? And, and again, listen, these are it's not just the restaurant industry, but it's the industry all together. And, and everybody's out there fighting and, and got a little side hustle. But you got some apparel. We don't even have apparel, Dragon. What in the world? And you've got you to cool get stuff. some. Start uh, working on it. Man. I know. Yeah. Where can people get your stuff? <laughs> yeah. Uh, head over to Teespring. That's T as in a, like a golf T, T E E, spring as in the season, dot com slash stores slash dragon redbeard. And you know, all kinds of cool stuff like uh, the hat. And I got some beanies. Or, of course, I'm wearing the hat and beanies. More than 90 gear, you know. So Love if you want to work out and you want to look good, there you go. Uh, my wife's got a nice pink shirt to where she works out in. It's fantastic. All kinds of good stuff there. 
I highly recommend it. I designed all this stuff myself too, by the way, if that, that means anything. It does mean a lot. And, and, <laughs> and it's supporting you, which I absolutely will go online and get my Dragon Red Beard apparel. I'm a fan, awesome. a fan of you and what you do. And I know your future is completely bright. I'll tell you the story. So uh, this yeah. is a thousand years ago. I've been in, in broadcasting since the year 2000. And the, the job that I had was initially overnights on KOA. Um, from there, I got the morning show job, which producing Peter Boyles. Wow, I know. So Peter was an interesting cat to work with all together. Um, I consider him my mentor. He's still a friend to today. Um, just an interesting guy, funny and, and, and engaging. So as Peter and I got to know each other, um, he would see my habits. And my habits were, I, every time he saw me, I was with a different lady. Well, I'd go to a function, there'd be a different lady with me. And these were back in my just swing. Well, that and, can't be and, true. It was, it was absolutely <laughs> true. It was true. I, I was doing it right. I wrote a dating article as well for many years in the Cherry Creek, uh, Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle. And Peter said, uh, man, you are the chic of Cherry Creek. You're always with a different girl. That's um, pretty much as, as simple as it was, but you're right. In radio... Or, or broadcasting in general, everybody has a nickname. And generally, it's given to you by somebody who has been in the business for a long time and has already had a nickname. I gave Jay Parker his nickname in broadcasting, yeah, which yeah, was... Yeah. Uh, the Trash Man. The Trash Man. Mm -hmm. How'd you get your name, Jay? <laughs> well, that's an interesting story. And I told uh, Dragon, I think, in studio uh, a while ago, uh, the, the real version, I have to give the... Oh, I'm mean, give it the real yeah, version. Well, the real version is is that um, I was uh, seeing a young lady at the time of being an intern uh, with Greg at iHeart. The oldest intern in the, the world. The oldest intern in the world, although that got trumped, but not for nothing. I think it was 37 when I got an internship. Mm -hmm. And um, I was telling Greg a story about how I, this young lady that you know I was dating wanted me to come over. And uh, I, I said, no, because she still lived at home um, with her parents. Now, now, listen, she was over 21, or I said, let's not freak out. But she still happened to live at home, save money, college, the whole thing. And uh, she wanted me to come up. I said, uh, no, you know, no. Yeah. All over there at work. And, and so Greg says, last thing you need is the dad coming home. <laughs> You're in there. <laughs> and opening up the door and going, uh, seeing me <laughs> and saying, why, why is the trash man inside of my home? <laughs> you know, you should be out with the truck. You know, and I was like, oh. Yeah, the Nick names are simple but they stick around forever dragon you got a good one because uh it just fits your personal brand dragon red beard yeah i love it I, can, I couldn't ask for a better nickname for sure yeah what's your weight goal what are you trying to get to you know a guy my height should probably be in the 280s but you know in my entire adult life you I've said seen you said 280 you mean 180. 280. 180. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Been, I've, I've been so used to being this big guy for so long. Sorry. Yeah. I should probably be in the 180s for sure. Um, and I've never seen below 200 in my adult life. Uh -huh. So that would, that would be amazing to, to one morning just step on the scale and see 199. That, that, would, that would just blow my mind completely so maybe being there maybe further i don't know that's what more than 90 is all about you know that's great man. more than 90 days more than 90 pounds come on let's go all right show off the goods man show me a muscle <laughs>
Oh, you want some? some... <laughs> All right. hey. Yeah, boy. Not much, but it's something, you, you know. You can see your <laughs> arms, man. I love it. Stand up for us, man. Show off this body you got there, man. Here we go. <laughs> Good for you, dude. That's not that's a 350 awesome. pound dude. That's a guy who's uh, happy wearing clothes that he likes and it's good seeing that man you're motivated it's, it's, it's amazing it's, it's the small things like i said when i first started i was wearing 4x shirts this right here is a 2x and it's still it's a little baggy on me and I, i'm i'm okay with that yeah no doubt if you want inspiration at dragon Redbeard, it's really easy check out his instagram i love the picture that you posted of the fast food bag with fries in there as you drive home with something that you love so dearly french fries in the bag you, you right. didn't cheat or anything didn't have a single one the whole family wanted some chick-fil-a they whole they all wanted some fast food and was like i i got nothing going on i'll go and then just that car was just wafting with that delicious <laughs> smell yeah none of it <laughs> Thanks for being you. I have a feeling that folks, you're seeing Dragon Redbeard on the Modern Eater show right now. I have a feeling you're probably going to see Dragon around a little bit more here in the near future. And it's good to see. Way to, can't, I'm so glad that we reconnected, Dragon. I think you're a hell of a guy. Yeah. And, and again, your future is completely bright. Uh, keep going. Keep plugging away. Wherever you go, there you are. And I think you're pretty happy with where you're at right now. Thank you very much, buddy. You betcha. Dragon Redbeard. Uh, we'll catch up with you soon, Dragon. What do you think about that, Jay? Um, As somebody, you dropped quite a bit of weight. Yeah. I mean, at one point it was 60, and then I put, I think, about now 15 back on, So, uh, which is still a chunk of change. Yeah, uh, it's, it's inspirational. And a lot of what he says I can, I can relate to, like the driving mm -hmm. home with something you're not supposed to eat mm -hmm. and having that willpower to just not do it. Mm -hmm. it, it feels good but like yeah seeing him now listen he's a lot more positive than i ever was losing weight i couldn't have i couldn't do the interview he just did without just talking about what my upbringing with my mother was terrible <laughs> and somehow that's why i like uh, yeah. cookies in the middle of the night you uh -huh. know and, and that sort of thing but um no it's it, it really is it's truly inspirational and uh, he's a hell of a guy i don't know him that well you know so i don't want him to take it to the to take yeah. the the, the uh, compliments to the head but yeah. he seems like a, a charming man well, i'll tell you what any in 2020 anywhere you can find inspiration and i really needed to when uh at the end of uh 2019 on that new year's eve i i said i'm gonna quit smoking cigarettes cigarettes were a big thing for me just a part my best friend part of my life right mm -hmm. uh with cigarettes you know what cigarettes prevent you from doing uh, eating yeah yeah a lot right yeah. when that's gone you got you know you got to put so i do anyway yeah, yeah. i'm a consumer I want to so consume stuff, so am I. but uh, 2020, everybody's put themselves aside. They're trying to struggle. How are you going to continue with your business? Or I got furloughed and I need to find a new job or, you know, there's an illness in the family or someone's caught COVID or I don't have any money coming in. You really start to neglect yourself, right? It's real easy. Yeah, it is. 2021, and I know there's light at the end of the tunnel. I know that there's the other side to this. 2021, I'm going to follow Dragon's lead. I've yo-yoed in weight in my life, up and down. Uh, health and positivity, it's a big thing. I found myself, and, and, and still do, I have to catch myself, with um, when you're not feeling well, you get cranky. <laughs> and, and you don't treat people the way that you would really want to. You get short. Mm -hmm. um, 
personal health and wellness, I believe, is going to be a big thing in 2021. Just picking up the pieces. I'm going to follow Dragon's lead. I need to get some weight off myself. I mean, that's just, I feel more comfortable in the 170, 180 range, like Dragon said. Oh, yeah. Uh, being up over 200 pounds, that just drives you nuts. And, and it's, it, you just come to terms with it, right? But I know that that's not where I want to be um, for my life and forever. And so um, motivation and motivating each other. So when things get back to normal, the Modern Eater Show will be concentrating on health and wellness and what that looks like. And I think a lot of what that looks like is motivating each other in a positive way. Because I am a firm believer in when you're feeling good and you're looking good, that you're going to treat each other much, much better. And yeah, it's like having the... <laughs> It's like having a lot of money, <laughs> you know. It's like uh, you know when you when you're broke and things. It's and it's all an energy thing. You're right, you know. But it's like, hey, let me give you twenty million dollars, and all of a sudden you're kind of like, yeah, I feel a little bit better about everything, yeah. you know. And yeah. I know that that's a stretch of an analogy, but it's, but watch out for me, that, Jay. I gotta tell energy. you one thing, you know. If I get down to my fighting weight again, I'm a handsome guy, man. I'm going to do some damage. I don't know what that means. Yeah, well, I think I, think I, <laughs> I do. I don't know but, what that means. Right. The uh, Sheik of Cherry Creek. No, no, no. Uh, those days are behind me. I, the, the, those days aren't there. But no, I mean, truly, I, I just I, I want us, our community, individually, I want us well. I want us happy and well. What's happening right now, it's fearful. It's just fearful. So we had a long show today, and we appreciate you tuning in. It's been, uh, what, the past couple of days uh, with shutdowns, uh, we're trying to wait until 5 o'clock. I don't think I can make it till 5, but that's what time, 5 o'clock, restaurants, um, indoor dining. In the middle of restaurant week, uh, shut down. A lot of we heard from Troy Gard earlier in the week. It's like, I've got to call back all these people and cancel their reservations. And this is money that I thought was coming in. And it, it, it's tough right now. And with so much confusion in a world that the only thing that's certain is uncertainty, um, balance, keeping us connected. That's what we want to do as a pneumatic tube of the Modern Eater Show. Just keep you connected. So again, I, I, as we enter into a Friday, it is a freaky Friday. I want you to reach out to us. A lot of folks are venting and, and some people are afraid to do it publicly, but we'll be that voice for you. If you've got something to say and you're just either you're shy or you don't want to put yourself out there, we'll do it for you. I'll read anything, you know, but opinions and, and, and let's get those opinions together so that there's a collective. I'm going to put an end to the poll today and show the results. But the results, uh, the, the poll question was, do you feel like the restaurant industry has a united voice? Now, again, this is not a CRA thing. This is not an Eat Denver thing. This is not any other organization that works so hard to keep unity within uh, the, the restaurant environment. This is basically what is the messaging from the restaurant owners? What is the collective overall consensus of what message do we want to put out to the diners who, I mean, let's face it, people right now by shutting down indoor dining, that's a message that says it's not safe to go to restaurants, but it is safe to go to a football game, but it is safe to go on an airline, but it is safe to go into a Walmart. That messaging, that narrative needs to be flipped. It's going to take us to do that. We've learned that lesson as we were bombarded with political ads for months and months, end over end of promises. It's not cutting time at the ranch. Now's the time to where we need that support. The, the federal government, 
right now should be the ones that are coming through with the support for restaurants, targeted support right in to restaurants. We saw what that first round of PPP did. Some of it worked, some of it didn't work. It was brilliant to keep the workforce not off of the government dole, but off of the dole of the PPP to where they're still employed and they can engage in the community and they can go out there and and but to be on unemployment and to stay at home that that's not doing anybody a service it's not on the horizon the state government does not have the money in the coffers to be able to subsidize these programs or to be able to help out in a significant way we've shown you the attrition with restaurants as pages upon pages are coming out of these are just restaurants these aren't just businesses reach out to us dm us email us call us whatever you need we're going to keep the conversation going we do want to get back to i mean hell look at this this is this is this is the sadness of what it is let me show you as i walk around to here to the camera that i have this is studio kitchen colorado this is where we love to have Chefs, brewers, distillers, farmers, ranchers come in, cook in the kitchen, an incubator of ideas, a networking facility. This is what we want to be doing. We don't want to sit over there at the news desk. That's the last thing that we want to do. But right now we need to stay connected. So where do we go from here? We're here time and time again, support local restaurants, get takeout, buy gift cards. That's all very true. Your generosity, if you've got a couple extra bucks, if you're ordering from a restaurant because you do want to support local, because you do <laughs> drive you crazy, Jay, it's those little things. Um, be extra generous. Tip your servers. 20% uh, of revenue that goes through a restaurant comes through tips. We don't have the answers, but I know we all want to come through the other side. Appreciate you tuning in today. Monday, we'll be right back at it. 2 p.m. We'll start here. We're going to get Chef Josh Nuremberg on the show from Grand Junction. He has a very interesting perspective as he's a restaurant owner, literally has been through the gamut. Um, the one thing that's very important to him is taking care of his people. He contracted COVID, his family got COVID. He's struggled with recovering. He says, I can't really form coherent thoughts. I'm just now getting back around to it. One thing that's very consistent with Chef Nuremberg is he's going to take care of his people. That's a tough thing to do right now. Let's take care of each other. We got this. There's no problem, huh? We can do this. You We've know been it. through more. You know it. What? You know it. I know it. You know it. All right. Thank you to everybody that's been on the show today as we go through the lineup. Uh, we've had uh, Biker Jim Pittenger was on the show with us today. Thank you, Biker Jim. He's closing down Biker Jim's Gourmet Hot Dogs uh, for the unforeseeable future. We have Chef Caroline Glover was on the show with us today from a net scratch table. Thank you, uh, Chef Caroline. Um, Kelly Whitaker of Boston, Wolf's Taylor. These are all great people. And if you missed any of today's show, I would encourage you to rewind that and check it out. Bob Pease, president and CEO of the Brewers Association. Everybody's just trying to keep it together. That voice is clear and consistent. Um, we're going to come up with some social media and some marketing campaigns, see if we can't come together and, and um, put something out there that actually moves the needle. For Jay Parker and myself and Dragon Redbeard, 
We're going to wish you a great Friday, and we'll see you right back here at 2 p.m. on Monday when the Modern Eater Show continues. Mm.